hero things. As you know, I've always been proud that there's not a wedding ring between the lot of us. If the passing of the years, it's suddenly beginning to distress me. I'd like to go to the wedding of someone I really loved for a change. Tonight, these are your orders. Go forth and conjugate. Find husbands and wives. A toast before we go into battle. True love. In whatever shape or form it may come. We all in our dotage be proud to say, I was adored once too. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does I think what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name is Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. Hey, and we are here today to do episode 86. How did you not start singing along with that? Four weddings and a funeral. <laughs> well, I think there's people out there who sing along to the end. Welcome, welcome, I welcome. I can't help it. If I was you, I'd yeah. start singing. Nah, I <laughs> when I sing along to this, it's Christmas with um, Bill Nye. Yeah, well, yeah. B- Billy Mac, right? Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit, I think, probably at some point. But no, it's interesting. If that is your starting point, we are going to talk about the song itself in a little bit. That song. But that song. <laughs> but let's go ahead and, and let's do it right off the hop. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I might just come in for the start and skip a bit of the... We have an interview with Simon Callow in this we episode. Do. You we want to check this out. Yes. Even if you're not a fan of the film, haven't seen the film, you might want to jump ahead and just listen to a little bit of the story. It's going to be time marked, time stamped in the show notes. Such so make lovely, sure lovely you check that out. Um, I think we should start by saying, again, we've had our best week and our best month ever. Yeah. Uh, we've done as much in the last month as we did our first seven months combined. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So if you think we started March 12th, like September 13th, the number from that March 12th to September uh, 13th of 2020 is as much as we've done in the last 30 days. That's amazing. That's it is incredible. It's uh, so everybody out there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, let's talk specifically about some charts. Maybe the reason why we got there. Uh, we charted this week in Denmark. We charted in South Africa, Finland, Malaysia, the Czech Republic. Uh, it, it, it's an embarrassment of riches this week. We were number 32 in Australia. Wow. We were number 50 in Singapore, number 29 in Ghana, number four in Paraguay, number eight in Uganda. We were, I mean, this is, this is humbling. I'm, I'm lost the words. We were number two in Saudi Arabia. Wow. We were number three in South Korea. Thank we you. were number 32 in Australia, number 47 in the United States, number 15 in Canada, number 10 here in the UK. Woo! And you know it's big. We left the light on. Number one in Sierra Leone. That Num- has made me so happy. Number one in films, uh, film reviews. Number two in all of TV and film. And number 144 in all podcasts, full stop. So nice. I'll take that. Um, wow. And we'll, we'll talk about reason maybe why we had such a oh, nice yeah, yeah, yeah. bump this week. I guess, I guess the perfect storm. I guess the perfect storm. I think um, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let me do the yeah, promo thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you haven't already done so, check out Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. It's done okay. Uh, we also got together, some of us, and did a see it or skip it on Shang-Chi. Yes, we did. Sh- Shang-Chi? 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 Sorry, Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi. And The Legend of the Ten Rings. That's coming out on Thursday. Mm. On Friday, Liam, you and I got together and we went and saw The Suicide Squad. We did. And I can't hold these for weeks and weeks because they'll be out of no, cinemas. Yes. So we have to put them out. We do, yeah. So, you know. 
it's it, it's it's a fun time to actually go to the movies. So it's a fun time to actually record some pods. So Thursday was Shang Chi. Friday we're doing the Suicide Squad, which is not the order we record them in, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. the order we will be releasing them in. Yeah. And then uh, Saturday we've got Ethan and I are back with our Doctor Who retrospective. Who do you think you are? And we're looking at Are You My Mummy? Oh, <laughs> Those two episodes. Uh, right. Thank you for that positive spin. Where we're trying to get people to oh, listen so no, to no, them. They just, they just that, that's just a terrifying. It's a brilliant episode. There we go. <laughs> episode. I remember watching it when it came out as a child and being like, so that would be the nope. em- that would be the empty child of a doctor dances, very horror like. Ethan yeah. and I came to the conclusion on that's that one. Why I, that's why I probably didn't like. And it. then Sunday, it is the start of American football season, so we are going to go ahead and uh, bring. Uh, we did a little fantasy football draft. We're just going to release that. Yeah, on did. Sunday, behind a little behind the scenes magic here at the BFE, we were joined. You won't hear much from me because no, I was Liam too was busy concentrating. Liam was trying to figure out how to get the, the screen to work. Uh, I was. I was to- too busy eating pizza on the sofa. Wow! Whereas I was, I was too busy not eating pizza because uh, I was trying to fill every bit of dead air. And everyone just said, "Just, just stop talking. Someone will do it for you. Eat your pizza." And I was like, "All right, all right." So it sounds good. So it was a good time. Good time had by all. Um, and uh, you can hear a little bit about that. We were joined by Alex from Main Street Finance. We were, indeed. We were joined from, is it Amanda from Amanda the Sip List? Amanda from the Sip List, yeah. And was it Sean from Cheap Seat Reviews? I believe so. I believe yeah. it was Sean. If it's not Sean, I'm really sorry. I believe it's Sean, though. And I had a good time. Had a good time. And we were joined. Uh, everyone was drafting. That's the one thing. No one auto drafted. No, Everybody was drafting. No. Uh, even people like Ed uh, from the Film Effect and the Defining Disney Peeps and, and, and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. If they weren't with us, dude, Loft Mountain, they, they were still drafting. So that was nice to know. And I'm excited about some fantasy football starting next week. I don't have all the matchups in front of me. I do know I faced Georgia in week one. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Uh, and so, uh, you know, real roundtable, back to school, get your picks in uh we record the last uh the the second last sunday of the the sunday before the last friday of the month that's (laughs) the best way i can put it that's when we record because we always release it on the last friday of the month so it doesn't mean necessarily the last friday so you go ahead and look that up okay is this september back 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 to school yeah. again. Don't be like Ed, which is a funny no. thing. We're talking about education movies, maybe. Ah, but don't well be done. like Ed, because he didn't get his picks in for Tom Hanks. Ooh. That would be the 19th. The 19th. How, yeah. The 19th we're recording. Yeah. Okay. So 24th is the last fr- Friday in September. Yes, it would be. So, yeah, get your picks in for the 19th. Uh, yeah, well, have them in for the 18th, so I can actually have a chance to compile them. So, you have a couple of weeks. <laughs> you got about a week and a half, two weeks. Get your top five school films in. Uh, BFE Quiz Night, I'm recording that next Saturday. Looking forward to that. That is with our defending champion, Danny, also Carlo and Kirsty, and a couple others who I forgot to write down. Apologies, but you are in the lineup. Uh, reflections and corrections. Ooh. I'll tell you what, this is this this is more about the... Se- I, I listened to them, as you all know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that happy with the sound quality of my mic. Oh, it sounded okay. hollow, and I think it's because oh, hollow. Ellie's mic was with us, and I don't think I've done the noise gate on her mic. So I think Ellie was getting some of my voice into it, and it was bleeding. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're having bleeding. that little bit of echoey sort of thing happening there. So echo, echo, echo. I'm a bleeder in more ways than one, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, bleeder. So what would be the second way? Second way what? That you were a bleeder. Well, if you get a cut and you profusely bleed, some people are oh, more likely. You like, oh. No, like oh. literal bleeding, <laughs> yes. I was confused. Yeah. The, the metaphorical way and the literal way. Yeah, I was confused because you're not currently bleeding in front of me. So I was like, what? No, but I'm not currently dying? bleeding into her microphone either. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, let's talk about uh, who is the poet laureate of the BFE. Ooh. We need to go ahead and do this. I don't have, need to look it up. I know the results. Have we got the polling? Uh, the poll is in. Oh, that's the, I got to turn the volume up before I do that. That's not it. All right. The poll is in. There we are. 
Um, who do you think? If we did a straw poll here, who do you think won the, won, won, won the poet off? Well, you're an English teacher, so... so is that going to endear me, or is that going to... Is that going to penalize me? Are people going to go, let's, let's give it to someone else? Well, hashtag Ian's always right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I'm a fan of that. Peop- because we weren't allowed to vote, or at least I didn't, because I didn't think we were allowed no, to vote. No, I haven't voted. I didn't yeah. vote. No, no vote, I no. figured. Ethan probably voted like Ethan nine times on burner accounts. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I figured that the majority of people voting will be people that listen to the podcast. So they're probably going to vote for you. See, I'm not sure if people... if they listen to you for that long, then, you know. See, I don't know. We'll see. Because I think... Well, I'll, I'll tell you about mine. Because uh, here's a spoiler alert. I did not win. Woo! Oh, shut up. I'm <laughs> 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 not too happy. <laughs> I came in second, though. Oh, that's okay. That's cool. So we have Danny and Dwayne Smith. Who do you think won? Ooh. Danny. Danny? I love you, Dwayne. Thank you for writing me a poem. You know what? You're not the only one who loves Dwayne Smith. The audience voted Dwayne Smith. Well <gasps> done, Dwayne yes! Smith. Here's what I think it is. Here's go what on, I think go it on, is. Go on. I think, Smith has lots of burner accounts. I think <laughs> it's that Danny is our defending quiz champion. Uh, and he brought that up uh, okay. in his little uh, intro. So they're like, okay. no, can't vote for him. And I think people like the Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith! I think people like that. And their vote is like they're shouting his name out. Now, his Everybody poem wasn't great. Dwayne. And I'll give you this. His poem was 100% original, unlike Danny and I, who just riffed off Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah it's it's so I'll give him that. And so Dwayne, I'm here to announce Dwayne Smith is the Poet Laureate. Not Poetry hey, Slam Champion. Poet Laureate. Poet Laureate. Would you? The Poet yeah. Laureate of the BFE, <laughs> Dwayne Smith. Well done, Dwayne. He is a wordsmith. He is a wordsmith. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, some shout outs a massive thank you to josh and the entire uh process behind best month ever over at your next favorite movie yeah we oh my ha- goodness yeah my phone has not stopped blowing up has it not? since my week with okay. people liking and retweeting the tweets that he's been putting out there we go. I'm, tagged in it and I'm going whoa we had a lot yeah. of fun doing it josh so thank we you did, very thank you. very much definitely friend of the podcast josh from your next favorite movie yep um and he's going i've got some rudimentary numbers but i don't know georgia hasn't had seven days yet okay. and so we want to know how people was how it went for people's first seven days Any and equal. she's ahead of us already well, she did a lot of social media love that's she all we is, know yeah, i know yeah, that yeah. i was up around like 50 60 retweets and likes each so we'll see if that if that if that does ties it, into tie listens in? i didn't see. have i didn't have any retweets i don't know um I don't know. I don't know if you were tagged. That might be in the. I'm not sure if it, you got tagged in it. You know, you might just been written down as Liam. I don't know. Uh, okay. um, but the uh, uh, next thing would be <laughs> just, so a massive thanks to to Josh. But a massive thanks to and I was totally surprised by this. John and Way from over at Post Wrestling. Yes. <laughs> who I mean, if you know me, I mean. Uh, I, I'm a, wrestling fan. I'm a big wrestling fan, but I'm a huge John and Way fan. And I've been a Patreon subscriber of their yeah. podcast since day one. And more importantly, I've listened to them before they had a Patreon when they were over at a show called Live Audio Wrestling and they yeah. released a podcast there. So, and whenever someone says, you got a wrestling podcast you can recommend, I post wrestling. It's, it's, it's the you know, one or two. I might name a, a, a side, a spinoff podcast that came yeah, out of that yeah, yeah. called Caught Up Next with two, two of their friends. But really, that's just always what, what I do. And I've just always gone really. And Way gave me some, some advice when I first started this podcast up and said, can I ask you a couple questions? And he was always very kind and gave me some feedback. And I think they probably forgot who I was. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Monday, Tuesday, I, uh, I was going through some stuff and someone said, tag me, tagged us, sorry, the, 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 the account that I, that I man, though, yeah, yeah. and tagged Post Wrestling. And I said, yeah, they're, they're good. I thought it must have been someone who I had said, go check these guys out. Yeah, yeah. And they went, no, no, no. They just talked about you on their show. And I went, what? <laughs> That's insane. And so I went ahead and uh, looked and yeah, they dropped it. And then so I reached out and said, <gasps> I reached out and said, can we play a little bit of the footage? Did they say yes? And I got told, yes, you can. Woo! So I'm here not, is the shout this. out. You have not heard it. I'm so here, Ellie, have you heard this? 
No, I haven't. Okay, so here is is oh, this. So yeah, it was it was really weird. To he- well, I'll talk about it in a minute. So here we go. Hey, can I can I give a shout out to a podcast? Of course. So every so often, you'll get people uh, that they'll just tweet randomly. Hey, what's a what's a good wrestling podcast to listen to? And dude, without fail, there is this uh, podcast. It is called the Best Film Ever Podcast out of the UK. You can follow them at Best Film Ever Pod on Twitter. These these folks always, without fail, recommend us. I do not know these people personally, but they're recommend always us. they always recommend us. It's like really? the, very nice of them. So I, w- I wanted to give them a mention. I'm going to follow them right now. A- absolutely, everyone should give them a follow. Best, Best film ever pod film ever. Okay, are they they recommend us though? They don't talk shit about us, right? Not that I'm aware of. They listen. They they always say very nice things about us. So, well, what's their latest film review? Best check this film out. ever. Okay, let me go. Let me check this. They out. just did a review of the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, which is a movie that's like twenty years old now. Yeah, and Holy it's about, it takes about twenty years to watch. Uh, that is true. I don't think I've ever finished it. Uh, see it or skip it, Black Widow. I'll be checking that out. Uh, okay, what else? Uh, Steel Magnolias, John? Okay, Julia Roberts. A, a favorite of yours? Uh, the Notebook, a favorite of mine, of course. The, the Notebook's underrated. <laughs> oh, it's great. I like That's The Notebook. Amazing. I had no problem with The Notebook. I like time travel. A real roundtable on Tom Cruise. Wow. I need to know. Cool. Awesome! I'm. Uh, oh, they're even. They even talk about Loki. So you know what? I'm. I'm definitely going to give these guys a follow. So right. I recommend them. I recommend the best film ever podcast. Best film ever pod. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, I thought maybe we. Uh, you were on a different one there. Uh, all right. Oh, so, that's how they closed. Grim. It was great. Wow. Yeah. Thank yeah. You it was so weird uh, hearing my branding coming <laughs> Two voices that I've been listening to for a decade. I mean, it really, yeah. yeah, it's it was, it was quite surreal. So I did I did say, hey, thanks a lot. I said the way, you probably don't remember this, but you gave me some advice. It seems like you guys must be, it must be good advice because you guys seem like you're doing really, really well. And I said, oh, it, fe- it feels good. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, we aspire. So what I want to know is, if anybody out there has found us, because we got lots of new followers and lots of downloads since, and it seemed like the combination of Lord of the Rings is a popular movie franchise, and this shout-out on literally hours within each other. I think we released oh, the episode, and like two hours later, they released their review, yeah. which had our shout-out. We had this giant influx. So Lord of the Rings has smashed every record we have. Wow. It's the best day one we ever had by like, I don't know, 20%. It's the best first week by like 50%. Like wow. it took the record and like beat it up in the alley. <laughs> and we still have two days to go on the seven-day well, count. So like, well, oh, fantastic. So uh, if you're from the, from the post-wrestling community and you've listened to it and this is how you found us, just, to be fair, just let me know. I'm really curious. Yeah. to let, Just let me know because it, it's really interesting. I am your defending Christmas jingle champion over there at post-wrestling. So <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'd just be very, very curious to see kind of how that's uh, how that worked out. So if you've made your way, thanks a lot. John and Way, if for some reason you chose to listen to this, thanks so much. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. It's been a fun Thank-y. week. It's been a fun it week. Has, yeah. Uh, and and, and out there, one more time, if you need a really good wrestling podcast, because for some reason I've discovered podcasters seem to like wrestling more than the regular community. Yeah. I think it's the act of just talking and communicating and, and that yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Um, go check out Post Wrestling. They're my absolute number one choice with a bullet. Even before this, but now <laughs> doubly so.
Mm-hmm. So there we go. And, and we like the notebook. And if you were, for those people who weren't watching, everybody was sort of reacting to like their movies getting chosen. And I was there going, you're not going to mention Kingsman. Like everything you mentioned was very much the, like, but like the rom commy romancy kind of movies until the end when he said about Loki and, 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 the, and the Marvel stuff. But yeah. You mean they didn't mention angels with dirty faces? No, I don't think it went back that far. <laughs> Bless him. It was, it, it, was, it was great to hear that. So there we go. Um, one of the guys from up next actually said he responded to the King of the, oh, sorry, King of the Ring. That's what actually, <laughs> Return of the King is his favorite. Highest stakes, best battles. Emotional is kind of a greatest hits of a three. Fellowship, a close second. Two Towers is third. So one person who did come from post wrestling and i asked if i could share the feedback they gave us and they said uh they said um our last review once they found out their last review was lord of the rings they knew they'd be a listener of ours uh, this is mm-hmm. va- va- sorry this is varouge and i'm sure john will be happy that i'll now stop pestering him in a way to review the lord of the rings series so thank uh, you varouge really appreciate you <laughs> getting in contact there yeah thank you uh on, back to the regular crowd i guess uh, it's a musical podcast called us all around amazing people Aww. and so that they'll walk into mordor may not be the simplest of tasks it is a lot more fun when listening to the bfe <laughs> and they're doing a side pod about planning for their wedding and i went what a great idea that? well, that's great that's a great idea but i did go you guys realize you now have to like record the wedding ceremony itself and release it as an episode <gasps> that'd be great that's right, so what oh. i was saying see look they were like well i'm not sure about that i'm like listen yeah, people yeah. want to know and you can edit it just get oh, some, cool. set someone up there over a quarter off the soundboard dead easy or in, in, invite us to do it oh, no. we, could still, we could stand there with some microphones and just wear nice dresses I mean, you know what? I you mean, can be enough notice. I'll go record that. Yeah, I'll yeah, do that. Absolutely. How cool would that be? We are in. Come, come and do five minutes. I was aside. Let us interview you right after the ceremony's over. How cool! Yeah. That would be Invite amazing. Invite yourselves to their wedding. No, no. <laughs> I'm making. We're a service. We're making ourselves available, available in case. Yes, in case they want us. We are offering a service, not. We're not crashing a wedding, although quite fitting for today's <laughs> for today's film choice. I bought two dresses in the beginning of the first lockdown on a sale that I haven't got to wear yet. So oh. now Georgia might be inviting herself to the wedding. <laughs> I can always buy one. My favorite dress store closed down. Oh, that's made me sad but cinema recall <laughs> listed us <laughs> segway cinema worst segway cinema recall listed the us there was just... we're all laughing they listed us on their list of top 10 funny podcasts oh not sentimental not all oh, that's really not, not empathetic no no funny that's what we do here funny. we do you funny call Ellie pathetic I, I said like- empathetic. Malice <laughs> <laughs> uh, after midnight for the love, weed, wine, and true crime. To be honest with you, three things I don't really do. No, me either. No, if I had but to choose what? one, they- I'd do wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They recommended us as a good film pod, so thank you very much. Thank and you. said that they went on to say that Vigo Mortensen grew up in their hometown. <gasps> he still comes to visit all the time and has the sweetest oh God, parents where? ever. Oh, I love that guy. There's more to come. There's more to come here. Here we go. It says uh, Vigo's extremely down to earth most of us respect his space because it's his hometown but if he people do approach him he's very sweet and i went ellie this is gonna make ellie's crush grow even more than it already has you do realize this right so there we go i'm starting to develop one now (laughs) (laughs) he is amazing um alex from main street finance who i guess we were talking about tom hanks and said what's tim allen ever done and he went he went galaxy quest and i'll go oh fair enough but to be fair, in Galaxy Quest, he's just like a life-size Buzz Lightyear. Yes, he is. Okay, just to want to check on that. Also, he's the best Santa Claus in any of the Christmas movies going ever, so. And that's the best I've ever seen Sigourney Weaver. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. We're se- we're, hang on, you just let her get away with what, saying what, what? that oh, Tim so Allen is the, the best the Santa, Santa Claus ever? What? 
Yes. No, exactly. He is. Exactly. He's not. Who's the old guy from Santa Claus the movie? Yeah, that guy. The him, Santa him. Claus. That guy. The Santa right. Claus. The Santa Claus two and the no, Santa Claus three. No, Tim no, Allen no, is the Father Christmas no. I grew up with. At Georgia, do not at me for that. Okay, so no, there we go. I'm giggling. Just because he's the one you grew up with doesn't make him the best. Oh, but it does. No, it, no, it doesn't. But it's something as sentimental and centered around oh. childhood as Christmas. I'm moving on. Yeah, it does. Um, and so he's uh, Alex continued on to say, when you spend your morning and evening commute listening to BFE, just to come home and spend the evening editing an interview of Ian from BFE, <laughs> Ian's starting to become my internal voice, and it's getting scary. I have said in response. I am Ian sarcastic, or I am Alex's sarcastic inner monologue. <laughs> As a Fight Club reference there. So David Huddleston. David Huddleston. 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 Fantastic in that movie. He was brilliant. He is. He is. You need to watch this, Georgia. Because no, you know what? You know what Tim Allen is as Santa Claus? He's Tim Allen. Yes. He's not Santa Claus. Yes. Okay, yes. but that's what I know Santa Claus No, but you can't say Santa Claus is Tim Allen. When I watch the Coca-Cola bus, I'm like, oh, look, it looks like Tim Allen in the back of that bus. Oh, shut up. <laughs> and then they have a baby, and there's a love story, oh, no. and there's elves. All right, so I'm just kind of mic off. So. <laughs> oh, no. The then, podcast where everyone's views are respected. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I ha- I'm trying to get through the shout-outs. I had to say it for all the love, uh, for wrecking us. Stew World Order, who are fantastic. Juline says one does not simply listen to podcasts. They listen to at best film ever pod uh, carlo hey. carlo as always who says that sean connery also turned down the matrix for the role of the architect Whoa. that was the number two so when they approached him for the league of extraordinary gentlemen and even though he didn't understand the script he accepted and we all know how that turned out that's yeah. the last film you ever did wasn't it yeah for uh, that was a terrible movie yeah yeah that was the last one i believe uh wow justine said it was a great choice for us using back to the future for our first episode oh, yeah. i went i'm proud yeah, i was yeah. so that wasn't an accident i was very much like i have the perfect first episode you were yeah. i was over 400 downloads Wow. That is pretty wild, I think. Uh, we had Dwayne Smith, who was impressed with a quick turnaround on Lord of the Rings and pictured Pip's ears going up every time someone said Pippin. Which he's literally <laughs> he just did again. He's doing, although he's not lifting his head up. I feel like I need to like record it and then put it on. Yeah, go ahead and we'll tweet that out in some capacity. How's that? Pip-pip. So there we are. Um, maybe, oh, you've, you've, you've ruined it now. Uh, so moving on, we've got... Uh, Oh, I responded by saying Pip's got three looks. One, I'm the happiest boy. Two, I'm the saddest boy. Three, look at me as I try and knock all the cushions off every chair I can find before I pass it. <laughs> yes, it is, yes. That's his most common look. And, yeah. and Dwayne says it's the dog version of himself. So there we go. <laughs> a couple of people on holiday this week. Russell, the postie, who's not delivering hey. mail this week. He's on holiday. Bad weather this week. Yeah. If he's still out today, good weather today. And, and, and then tomorrow. Is, oh, tomorrow will be good as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this yeah. next week is supposed to be nice. And then Reverend, Br- just in time for school to go back. And then yeah. Reverend Bruce, who said that he's on vacation too, and he's facing, apparently where he's from, he knows he's facing Paris. So he's aiming about 10 degrees to the left or something like that, and he yeah. thinks he's looking Aww. at us. So I went and looked out towards where I think West is, and I did like a long distance high five. <laughs> so there we are. Um, Adam Y for the love so wizard podcast you shared a story about a midnight screening of Return of the King can you imagine how tired like you would be thinking thank god it's so no (laughs) can you imagine doing like a marathon people do people do them yeah but like but with the last one at midnight yeah I have a nerdy photographer all the love how not to summon a podcast we're stunned that Lestat and I actually agreed on something for (laughs) once they said mark this day in your calendar it will never happen again I'm not disagreeing (laughs) love you dude Uh, Griff for all the love the podcast that wouldn't die who called us one of their favorite podcast homies aww never been a homie before one of our homies too 
Oh, one, one for me and one for my homies. That's me now. Now I'm not. <laughs> Rolling with the homies. There we go. Uh, and Pip is now, he's literally tearing down the cushions on the couch as we've just said this. <laughs> <laughs> he just gave the, I'm going to take the cushions off this couch. He's, he's doing it. Yeah. Um, the Just Go Watch podcast said they've also just started finding a listenership in Uganda. Wow. I think we need to do a podcon in Uganda. <gasps> we do. <laughs> I want to go I all over the world. To visit you. Oh, cool. I have always wanted to visit Uganda. Uganda, there yeah. we go. Uh, F and Nerds for the Love, the villains demand for the love, even the score for talking about Final Fantasy soundtracks. I just like well, Final Fantasy. Uh, I, I, I can't recommend even the score enough. They do a lot of good stuff with video game and movie scores. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a great way to start talking about um, a, a kind of a, a disparate level of media. Uh, recast the podcast of Love Chance Widmore for a lot of love this week. And uh, there's a lot of excitement about today's episode, our interview with Simon Callow. We have Julian, we have oh, Dwayne yeah, Smith, yeah. we have Russell All, who have been big on it. If I may, I want to read something out from Ed, our friend from the Film Effect podcast, Good for it. who reached out to me. Yep. And, uh, he also reached out to me to say, <laughs> I see you're making fun of me for not putting my list in. <laughs> and, and I went, yeah, I'm going to do it this week, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he said about our U.S. chart position specifically, he reached out to me and said, like, have you checked, like, how high you are? I said, I have. I said, we said, we're, we're, we're very happy. It's been a very, it's been a very fortunate week where we, we feel very grateful. And he goes, I could not be happier for you all. You guys have a natural flow and great format. I wasn't BSing when I had you on the show a few months back. I look at you guys as the top pod. And now it seems many more are catching on. You're consistent and entertaining. And yeah, I'm so happy for you. I mean it. So thanks, Ed. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you. So I don't think he was aiming for it, but let's go ahead and, yeah. you know, you, you got them all caught up. So can I, I can do this? Yeah, yeah there we go. Sticker worthy. So there we go. Go ahead. Let us know. We'll fire off a sticker. Bless and you, you. And you'll get that just before Christmas. And you get a perfect. <laughs> yeah, before Christmas. Probably because Tim Allen's the Santa Claus. He's delivering that crap. <laughs> and uh, you can get... Uh, and you get a little personal note from Liam. You do. You, you do. do. Sometimes I wish this was a visual podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Says everything. Indeed, indeed, indeed. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the film today, shall we? Yes, Four weddings and a funeral. Oh, what are my picks? Yeah. Hot Film Summer, the last of the eight picks in a row. Wow. So why did I pick... Um, That's I, gone I so said, quick. It has, I almost said, why did I pick Hot Film Summer? Uh, why did I pick Four Weddings and a Funeral? Uh it's it's a fun summertime movie, and we done we done some some heavier stuff, or some, not heavier but romantic, serious kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, this isn't romantic, but this is fun. This is good fun. I really really like this. I think it's a, a really clever script, and it's just one of those films you can put on and makes me happy. It feels like a summery film, even if it's summertime or not. I think I don't know about it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it starts in May, and then like the first Ends three in, weddings were in like six months of each other. Yeah, so, yeah. and then we go yeah, back to like summer. August, the next yeah. August or something. So yeah, so we're and this is the beginning all right. of all that um, movies that we like to see like Notting Hill and Love Actually and this is the start of it all. This is all those working title yeah. romantic comedies where you took British like Jones. one single American star oh, Hugh Grant and, and, and <laughs> matched them up with a British cast usually including Hugh Grant and usually written by Richard Curtis. We and need one of these kind of what happened with Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Oh, she'd ruin it. No, she <laughs> Anyway, let's talk. So, I, I, I've, have we all seen it before? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay. So, um, the context corner films directed by Mike Newell, who also did Donnie Brasco, Mona Lisa Smile, as well as Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> That's so different. One of the better films, to be fair, in the series. 
Except for he doesn't know the word whispered, from what I understand. <laughs> no, it's calmly. He didn't understand oh, is it the calmly? word calmly. Okay, there we go. Um, How did you put your name in the goblet of fire? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not sure he wrote the screenplay, but maybe we can, but we'll still give him the blame that for it. That needs to be in the coda. This was, well, I'm going to keep it in. This was, this can was, we have that in our, like, wrap up at the end of the year? Oh, my God. People give him requests for the end of year stuff. The same, people so who, the same people who didn't pick up on my, are you crying, Wilson? Are you crying, Wilson? Jeez. <laughs> um, written by Richard Curtis, who also did Notting Hill, Bridget Jones's Diary, and a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, Love Actually, he was writer and director of that. About Time, Yesterday, and actually wrote Doctor Who, Vincent and the Doctor, one of my favorite Doctor Who episodes. Oh, that's the one with the Van Gogh yeah, one. Van Gogh. Yeah. Beautiful episode. episode. I did not know he wrote that, and I can sp- I can I guarantee you that is one we will be covering in the first season. That is a really season. lovely episode, yeah. the, the, with the e- whole ear thing. Ethan and I will get to that one. Yeah, it's lovely. I, I requested that one. Nice. Uh, Cinematography by Michael Coulter, who also did. I mean, it's a, this is about the most British list of films you can find. Sense it. and Sensibility, <laughs> Notting Hill, Mansfield Park, Love Actually. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've seen any of those. Music by oh. Richard Rodney Bennett, who did the old version of Murder on the Orient Express, the Sean Connery one. Yes. Oh, it comes back to Sean Connery, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? So. Screenwriter Richard Curtis's own experiences as a wedding attendee inspired the premise for Four Weddings and a Funeral. According to Curtis, he began writing the script at age 34 after realizing he'd attended 65 weddings in an 11-year wow, period. Wow. At one wedding, he was propositioned by a fellow guest, but he turned her down and forever regretted on regretted it. Wow. And this is the origin of Charles and Carrie's romance. Oh. Is that kind of thing that yeah, regrets? Yeah, yeah. So we saw similar things kind of talked about Richard Linkletter in Before Sunrise. Before Sunrise, yeah. You know, this thing that did happen, and now he's sort of living vicariously through these characters. Yeah, yeah. What might have been? Oh. So it took Curtis 17 drafts to reach the final version. You can see that. Which is someone who likes to write one draft, proofread it, make sure there's no typos, and hand it in. Uh, yeah, I'm the uh, same. There's something in there, but that, that's an academic paper. That's not a, uh, yeah, yeah. a script. He has commented on uh, Mike Newell's influence, saying, I come from a school where making it funny is what matters. Mike was obsessed with keeping it real. Every character, no matter how small, has a story. Not just three funny lines. It's a romantic film about love and friendship that swims in a sea of jokes. <laughs> So I like this because we all go Richard Curtis, Richard Curtis, Richard Curtis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that he's giving Mike Newell like some of the credit on this one. It's nice by, yeah. by, by, by saying that that was the uh, case. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. Yeah. Ground it in reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the jokes can still be there. Yeah. But make the characters believable. The jokes are better. When Much better. They're earned. Yeah. yeah. Very. I think if I had to say, uh, George, are probably very similar to Cheers, which mm. we did on one of the first clear for takeoffs. Yeah. I, I might be bearing the lead a bit. One of your phrases, but I much prefer Cheers. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Here we go. Curtis Newell and the producers began the casting process for Four Weddings in early 1992 and continued scouting even after funding fell through in mid-92. Curtis chose to omit any mention of the characters' careers because he didn't think a group of friends would realistically discuss their jobs while together at a wedding. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care what Charles does. No, exactly. This is people because when, when you get together at a wedding, you just kind of see the same. You see faces, and you're like, "Oh, how do you know so and so?" You know, and it gets boring when you go, "What do you do for a living?" Yep. Yeah. Do you know what's really fun when you get put on that awkward table of misfits? 
I got a story about that. So, Brilliant. Duncan Kendrick pre-produced the film on sabbatical from Jim Henson Productions. Uh, pre-production was a long progress because funding was erratic and kept falling through. Finally, in early 93, working title stepped in to close the gap. But they did lose $1.2 million in funding just before the summer of 93, which forced the film to be made in just 36 days with a final budget of £2.7 million, which is about $4.4 million. Wow. Uh, channel four yeah channel in this country between channels three and channels five i suppose because then there were literally only five channels that was well when i was growing up there were only four channels back then i think you'd find there's only four channels there's four channels when i left england in 88 89 89 yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. yeah. well there weren't but we only had five because yep that's fine (laughs) um but if you had like an aerial you would get five channels yeah at the time yeah, or in yeah. our case four channels bbc oh, yeah. one bbc two itv channel four channel yeah. five yeah we had everything but channel five yeah <laughs> yeah um channel four films contributed uh eight hundred thousand pounds the budget was so tight extras had to wear their own wedding clothes Ooh. Yeah. and rowan atkinson was retained as the vicar for two of the weddings so production wouldn't have to pay another actor why not uh there was a future the future the future home secretary member of parliament amber rudd was given credit of aristocracy coordinator after she arranged for several legit aristocrats to make uncredited appearances as wedding extras including peregrine cavendish there's a name That's lovely. who was at the time the marquess of hartlington oh. oh what a title hartington sorry and the earl of Woolton, who conveniently wore their own morning suits i love that and there was an attempt because the thought was hugh grant was too attractive for the role and so they tried to make him look nerdier with shaggy hair, glasses, and deliberately unflattering, ill-fitting suits. And he was encouraged to mess up and trip over his lines by the director, Mike Newell. So that Hugh Grant delivery that we see in every film, I yeah. wonder if he just kept that once it worked for him. Because Hugh Grant does that in every romantic comedy he yeah. ever does. He does that brilliantly, though, doesn't he? he oh, it feels, that's the thing. I'll so talk natural, about it as we go along. I think every one of his lines feels organically delivered. Yeah, I yeah. think his line delivery is spot on throughout this film. Absolutely. I just oh, like his glasses. With the exception of one. Grant struggled. No, it didn't actually. But I do have a comment about that. Grant, who struggled with hay fever throughout filming, was unsure of Newell's direction and his own performance, which he thought was atrocious. And said that he thought that Newell was giving direction against what I thought were the natural beats of the comedy. He realized later he was making a film of texture playing the tr- planet for the truths rather than just four of the jokes. Yeah. And I will just sort of uh, finish by saying throughout production, Gramercy pictures, the U S distributor of the film sent frequent transatlantic faxes objecting to explicit language and sexual content fearing the final product would not be suitable for American distribution or television airings, especially one scene, which we'll talk about soon. The executives also suggested believing four weddings in a funeral because they thought it would turn off male viewers. They suggested other such titles. And I want to know which ones you think of these are the best and which one's the worst. True love and near misses. <laughs> loitering in sacred places. <laughs> skulking around. Oh, I see. Yeah, and rolling in the aisles. Rolling in the aisles. I'm oh. not going to lie. They all sound like old lady Mills and Boone books. So I like... I like the first one. I like skulking around because yeah, it does they, play they, into they, what they, they do. They say, yeah. Yeah, 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 it is a beat that they go ahead and sort Absolutely. of tackle. Rolling in the aisles, though, sounds cool. Uh, I like loitering yeah. in sacred. That's the one I don't like. It feels like Hugh Grant, Andy McDowell, in the romantic comedy feel good of the of the year, loitering in sacred places. It's horrendous that it is. It's just so good. Oh, I want to go see that. 
Yeah, so, I mean, Hugh Grant thought it screwed up. Obviously, it hadn't. It opened up in the U.S. on the 11th of March, 94, in only five theaters. But the box office receipts were so positive that they decided to spend lavishly on promotion instead. And about $11 million in, um, the budget was only yeah. about $4 million. Yeah. $11 million on budgeting with lavish full-page ads and newspapers and whatnot. Wow. And Hugh Grant instantly becomes a sex symbol in the United States and undertook a very successful media tour and went wide release on April 15th, 1994. And then, ironically, we always feel like it should debut here first, and there's a reason why it doesn't, and we talk about that. We'll talk about it again if we need to. But the idea being that um, it, it, it debuts in the UK on the 11th of May, 94, and Hugh Grant's then-girlfriend... Liz Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley garnered much publicity for the film when she wore a black Versace safety pin dress, which oh. became a sensation in the press. I remember that so well. And that's sort of the context <laughs> behind the film. So, you know, at one point they were like, you know, the you know the Britain's breakthrough actor in Hugh Grant and yeah. Elizabeth Hurley, who was like the supermodel for about two, three years. Yeah. So about, tell about the time she does Austin Powers. She's big for about four, five, six years. Yeah. yeah Passenger 57 was one of the first films I saw her in. Was she in that? Yeah. Okay. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Halle Berry from that one. I don't remember her. Halle Berry wasn't. And that was she? Is Halle Berry? I'm sure it's Halle Berry. Passenger 57. I'm sure Liz Hurley was in it. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look. We will have a look. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it. Exactly. Uh, the score. Me too. Ian <laughs> it is Elizabeth Hurley. Is it? Mm-hmm. Woo! Is 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 she in that too though? Oh, I know who she is. She's one of those students. She's like the other stewardess. She's not the romantic lead. Oh, who am I looking for? Sorry, Halle Berry. Wesley Snipes plays play. I believe he plays opposite. I'm sure he plays opposite a black actress in in sort of the the sort of main romantic role. I think Liz Hurley dies. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah. spoiler. <laughs> anyway, yeah. moving on. Yeah. I've got that as executive decision. No, no, that's fine. She might not be in that movie, but can you? Uh, 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 yeah, I'll look yeah. it up later. That's yeah, fine. Because yeah, yeah. I know who I'm looking for, and you don't. So there's no point in. Well, I'm, I'm hosting a show. I can't <laughs> look it up on the phone. <laughs> oh, I thought you could just take a quick look. No. <laughs> uh, we have the score by Richard Rodney Bennett, uh, which was all right. Yeah, the score was okay. There was one. There was one love theme that he wrote, and really went to town on it over and over again. No, nah, yeah, I, I, I just like the music in general, and I just think. Yeah, but it's not the score it's we're talking score, about. No, 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 no. Apparently, he fell asleep in the middle of his first viewing of the film. <laughs> so there we go. And then we what had the music that sent him asleep. They're writing songs of love, <laughs> but not for me. Now, I'm sure you can guess who the vocalist was on the track. They're writing songs. This is me right now. Of love. <laughs> Could you guess? It's you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but not it's for you. me. No, no, no. What? Was Elton John. Really? Yeah. You didn't pick that up? No. No, it was Elton. Wow. For years, I, I always knew it was Elton. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah. That's so I'm going, why don't I remember this outside of this film? Because he never put it out on an album. Oh. It was just on the Four Rings of Funeral soundtrack. This is not an original Elton John song. Do you know who it is? Does anybody know who's, who wrote the song? Nope. Not a song. I thought maybe one of us might know, because it's, it's, it's got its background in musical theater. It is a song written by George and Ira Gershwin for the musical Girl Crazy, which is like like 1941 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Performed by Ginger Rogers. It might even be earlier than that. Wow. My my classic MT is not good. Uh, An Ella Fitzgerald cover of this song won the Grammy for Best Female Vocal in 1960. It's also been done by, and this isn't all of them. It's just a selection. People who have actually released this song. Telly Savalas. (laughs) Judy Garland, Where's Sam Cooke, Doris Day, Linda Ronstadt, Harry Connick Jr. in a little film called When Harry Met Sally, nice. Frank Sinatra, Barry Manilow, and Rod Stewart. 
Aww. plus others. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we meet Charlie. Charles, played by Hugh Grant. Roughly 70 actors auditioned for the role of Charles before Hugh Grant did. Ooh. And at one point, Alan Rickman was considered for the role of Charles. Really? I love Alan Rickman. Yep, uh, Richard Curtis fought for him, but in the end, it was decided he was too old for the part. Uh, like, if you imagine how he plays his role in Love Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 de-age yeah. him, though, and make yeah. him, like, younger, he could do this. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's very Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Minus the fact that he's already married Emma Thompson. Just get rid of that part. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we like the guy more. But yeah, I think he could totally have done it. But if you say, I get, I get that, I guess. Um, Hugh Grant was ready to give up acting as a career when he received the script for Four Weddings and a Funeral. He stated in 2016 that I wasn't really getting any work at all. And then to my great surprise, the script came through of a letterbox from my agent, and it was really good. And I rang on and said, there must be a mistake. You've sent me a good script. <laughs> Initially, writer Richard Curtis would model the character after himself, was opposed to casting Grant because he thought he was too handsome. But he was eventually persuaded by Mike Newell to approve of Hugh Grant. At his audition, Hugh Grant played a tape of when he was the best man at his own brother's wedding. Oh, I love that. So there we go. This is the first of five movies. So here's my challenge to Ellie. She is the biggest Hugh Grant fan that I know. Oh, God. Ellie, there have been five On films in which, and only Ellie, in which Richard Curtis and Hugh Grant have teamed up. Can you name them? This is one. Because oh, I don't know anything about Richard Curtis. You got one for free. Notting Hill. Two. Well done. Um... Love Actually. Three. Bridget Jones's Diary. Four. Well done. Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. There's five. There we are. Hey. I let's remind Ellie, who was like, I don't know anything about uh, about Richard Curtis. We read all the films he did yes. at the start of the f- and it was all these films. <laughs> yeah, to be yeah, fair, yeah. I could have guessed some of those and been like, Is Well, just like, what's, what's a British romantic comedy with Hugh Grant? Yeah, yeah. Done. I mean, I, I, Hugh Grant face blindness. That's true, yeah. But. Uh, all five collaborations are romantic comedies, and Roger Mitchell, who is the director of Notting Hill, said, Hugh does Richard better than anyone else, and Richard writes for Hugh better than anyone else, and Grant is one of the only actors who can speak Richard's lines perfectly. Oh, there we are. You know what I really dislike? People whose names are two first names. Okay. Hugh Grant. <laughs> Pick a surname. Are you okay if it's got a Mick in front of it? It's like Ewan McGregor. Yeah, that's fine. Because Gregor would be like a first name. Gregor isn't Greg is. There's some Gregors. Is there? Yeah. I don't know any Gregors. But like Hugh and Grant. Pick a a proper name, man. (laughs) All right, there we go. I only have you know, my, my, my surname is definitely not a first name, so there we go. Tim, Tim Allen as well. Tim Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's A L L E N. Does that matter? Homonyms. I think that's. I think you. I think that's still okay. All right, yeah. and then we also meet Kristen Scott Thomas, who plays Fiona, love who you that's love. Just three names. Yeah, that's three. There you go. So <laughs> if it's three, I think you have to go. Okay, I'll give you this one. Love her. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's now a dame. So Dame Kristen Scott Thomas dubbed her own voice for the French version. Oh, that's cool, isn't it? That is very cool. I still think she did. And we see her hold up two dresses, and one of them is like pl- almost pure black, and one of them's got like some floral options. Mm. And she puts down the floral she option because she's kind of in a state of perpetual mourning. We will she later is. find out. Yeah. Think about the hell that her life has to be. Yeah, I know, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's, it's got to be rough. Uh, we get the opening montage. We find out Tom is a bumbling fool. Um, we also see a really sweet opening between Gareth and Matthew. Oh, it's lovely. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear more about that opening in our interview with Simon Callow. We but it does already. endear you to them right off the top. It it's does. a sweet moment where he, like, you know, takes some shaving cream or whipped cream or something off of his, off his, <laughs> of his hair. Shaving cream. It's not shaving cream. He's got a big old beard. But, you know, uh, I guess it's whipped cream. I don't know. Well, something like that. Maybe he's just really messy with the toothpaste. It got it all over his face. 
I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so um, it's morning. We we did. It's, we start over an alarm clock, which of course he went back to bed. I can't relate to that at all. <laughs> he's late, and we just hear fuck. And he's not guessing. He's, he's not guessing random word for the week or anything like no. that. <laughs> um, and so uh, he's late, and so it's the only line of dialogue we keep getting throughout the film. And so he and his roommate Scarlett, who's great. Who's she great? She's really likable in this film, I think. Film, mm-hmm. yeah. And she reminds me of Helena Bonham Carter. Does she? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, she, they get into a car and they they, they have to take hers because his has got like a clamp on it. Oh no, his just doesn't no, start. His oh, his doesn't start, start in yeah. clamps later. Yeah, yeah. And they drive, and it only goes forty miles an hour, and you just hear like this engine. Ah. And it's like, what's the exit? And he's having to do what Georgia. We used to have these things called maps that we used to have to use when we, when, when we drove places. <laughs> and so uh, he's trying to get Scarlett to get the right thing. I've, I've been this person. Just let me know when. Then even with a sat nav, let me know when the next exit. Just let me know what the next thing is. I've, I've and been the one the person on the other side of that. And the one thing you don't want to hear is, oh, it's this one you've just passed. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be three. Five, don't say it'll be three five nine. She goes, it'll be three five nine. And Charles do exactly what we want to do, but we, but we never, never would. <laughs> he goes into reverse on the on the motorway, on the motorway which, is, which is like a a motorway is like a British version in Canada of a four hundred highway in the states. It's like an interstate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it, it's a motorway. I thought it was an A road. It's just a dual carriageway, isn't it? Yeah, dual yeah. carriageway. I, uh, to what people outside of here, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not a standard one up, no, one down road. You can't, can't do no. you can't do a Yui. You yes. can't go the other way. You're locked into one direction. Speed limit seventy miles an hour. There we go. And you know this this lorry, which I did. Someone said you don't explain what lorries are. Lorries are tractor trailers or semis, whatever you want to call them. And it has to get out of the way because he's got like no fear as he backs up. And so, uh, and they get to the first wedding. Now, in the Salt Lake City Sundance debut of the film, it was this scene that was particularly objected to, in which Charles and Scarlett say the word fuck over and over again. Oh, okay. It caused a number of the conservative Mormon members of the city council to walk out. <laughs> Mike Newell and the actors agreed to reshoot the scene with the British swear word bugger to be used in the American version. So maybe you've seen the American version. Do you remember me saying that? to you? Yep. Okay, I'm I'm I thought sure it was, was bugger. bugger. Yeah. 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 Yeah, must be the American version. Wow. See, I think in Canada, I think we got the, 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 the British version on the DVD. Or maybe the DVD was always gonna, was always the British version. Maybe when they um, go back and tell you scenes about it, that's what they show you is the American version. Maybe. Not, not the British version. Maybe. maybe, but that other word will be used over and over again in a different scene in this movie. Yeah, yeah, We yeah, go yeah. to wedding number one, Angus and Laura, which takes place in May. Scarlett and Charles just beat the bride into the, into the church. <laughs> and he goes up to the guy, Angus. And if I have a complaint here, it's that Angus at no point felt like he was actually a friend of, of Charles's. No, not at all. Yeah. Like he's your best man, but then we don't see him really except for like in the crowd. Or talking mm. to him in such a... There's never a point where like they're There's hanging no out. It's it? always this group, and yeah. Angus isn't part of it. And yes, I realize that for movies like, with multiple weddings, a group like this always being invited, not realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fun. I get that. But he's the best man in this exactly, one. Exactly. There yeah. should have been yeah. something. Um, but he said, goes up to him and says, if it's any consolation, I'll be killing myself immediately after the service. <laughs> and then uh, we meet Tom and uh, Tom, well, again, sort of, and Tom was ready to step in in case. And he goes, oh, thanks a lot, Tom. Disastrous haircut. That's so funny. <laughs> and uh, we also see in the background Bernard, who we'll read more about later. And we find out that he's forgotten the ring. Whoops. Whoopsie. Yeah. And we meet Carrie, played by Andy McDowell. And did you notice she has a hat covering her face? Yeah, there's a little bit of disguise there, yeah. It's a little bit of tantalizing. The original choice for Carrie was Jeanne Triplehorn. She was cast. But she had to drop out because of a death in her family. Who's that? I knew who she was when I looked her up. Oh, okay. I don't know. 
George is on it? On it. <laughs> okay. Also, people who were considered Marissa Tomei. Oh, I love her. How much better of a movie is this? Oh, Marissa Tomei's in this. Yeah. Not better of a movie, because I really like the movie. But how much better of a... Hugh Grant would have someone who could return fire. Oh. There's a spoiler for some of my feelings about this Henry film. Henry Jr. had her in um, uh, Only You. Yes, I like her. Do you know what film she was in from, if we can look uh, up? She's been in Waterworld, Basic Instinct, The Firm, Mickey Blue Eyes, uh, she's, she's, Doors. She's Tom Cruise's wife in The Firm. That's the one I know her the best uh, from. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sliding Doors is a good little film, too. So she got to work with um, Hugh Grant in the end. <laughs> in, in which one? Mickey Blue Eyes. Oh, and she got to work with John Hanna in uh, Sliding Doors. Yeah, there, there we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> also, Sarah Jessica Parker. And I, I'm not sure if that's any better. Uh, no. And actually, they do work together in Did You Hear About the Morgans? Which is a terrible film, which makes Hugh Grant stop acting for three years. I've not seen that. <laughs> oh, it's dreadful. Oh, okay. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> um, so that was before Andy McDowell was cast. She took a 75% cut in her fee to appear, receiving $250,000 up front. But because of the success, she eventually earns about $3 million. But originally, oh, okay. she takes, like, no money. And she used to go, I did four years at a funeral for nothing. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I, I, I get that. But yeah. she's a big star. She's a supermodel, too, right? Yeah, like, she's yeah, trying to do a crossover yeah, here. Yeah. Marissa Tomei turned down the role of Carrie, explaining, my grandfather was sick at the time, and I didn't want to leave New York. I'm sure it would have been fine with him, but I felt like I didn't want to go anywhere. In 2007, Tomei also said she will always regret having turned the film down. Oh, she would have been brilliant. I love her. Uh, maybe a spoiler for the end. We'll talk about it the, uh, towards the conclusion of the review. The character of Carrie was voted one of the most annoying movie characters of all time in a British hmm. online poll. And if that was Marissa Tomei, that, that wouldn't have been annoying. Not even remotely. No, it would have been charming. It would have been very charming. <laughs> I really like Marissa Tomei in like all things. Same. Uh, George, you know Marissa Tomei. She is Aunt M in the Spider-Man movies. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she'd have been great. Brilliant. Think about the chemistry with Robert Downey Jr. when they're flirting back and oh, forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would have been really She'd nice. have been great. Yeah. Because there are some times in this movie where there is no chemistry coming back the other way. So I remember the name. Hugh Grant is doing all the work. Everything. Yeah. You remember the name, but that was it? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. She's an Oscar winner. She won for my cousin Vinny, of all things. Yes, yeah. great movie. Uh, I'm not really so big on the movie. Oh, I'm big on her. I'm big on her. She's uh, great. Uh, she's good. Uh, and what a hat Carrie's wearing, though. It is. It's all hat. I love this scene, though, because it's covering her face, and I think they do it on purpose, because she's this yeah, American she, yeah, star absolutely. that just slowly It draws attention. Yeah. Well, what they do is they go, look at this, remember her, we're going to come back there. Exactly. Kind of like what I do when you start saying, hang on, we're going to come back to that. It's that <laughs> yeah. kind of an idea. Yeah. So there's nothing like an old English church. I love an old English church. Yeah, I love too. the way things sound yeah. to them. And the bride comes walking down. I think it's Laura, Angus and Laura. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Angus and Laura. And Scarlett's like, she's lovely. And Fiona, ever the cynic. <laughs> Scarlett, you're blind. She looks like a big meringue. And meringues have been said a lot. Do you want to explain what a meringue is? Because I don't think we have these kinds of meringues in Canada and probably not in the U.S. as well. We have a lot of meringue pie. No, I don't think we do. So can Uh, someone describe what a meringue is? Uh, So meringue is the stuff that you'd get on the top of like a lemon meringue pie. We have lemon meringue pie. We We don't have have meringues. So the, the stuff, the white stuff on the top of a lemon meringue pie, it's that, but it's probably a thicker, it's thicker, it's baked, it's... It's domed. Usually it can be domed, yeah, or it can be it can be lots of different shapes. But yeah, yeah, yeah domed, um, usually served with cream and fruit. But it's um, usually got those layers, those ripples, which is what the dresses tend to look like. Yeah, which is why yeah. they like said look like a big meringue because they're domed it's and they're layers. It's egg white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, which it's, is why it holds the shape. Yeah. So 
That it's, w- it's the best dessert ever. <laughs> I like I like the meringue pie. Oh no, see, I'm the opposite. Oh really? Okay. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> and then we go to this great bit as Charles is trying to figure out what to do with the rings and is talking to Matthew about how he doesn't have the rings. And Matthew's just like hand on face, yeah. Like it just looks great. I don't know if you do it in real life, but it looks great in this movie. But as this is happening, you we get Scarlett singing. You know, <laughs> she can't oh my sing. God. Not only does her tone get worse, her timing gets worse oh, as she goes it. on. Oh, no, and it's so endearing. It's very endearing. But you hear her, and, and you all, yes. I think so, and you also hear, um, you also hear. Uh, you hear Gareth as well. You hear Gareth, say. his loud, yeah, big, yeah. boisterous <laughs> voice. And early on, we're going, these are the big personalities of the group, really. Yes. Uh, and then we're not allowed to see the rings because Charles goes to the, gro- the groom and goes, we'll be back in a sec and he and he meets and everyone all the friendship group has whispered and then we we see the shot of matthew and charles coming together and charles looks down at his hands but we don't get to see what's in his hands it's no. out of the shot yeah. and then up at matthew who shrugs he then runs up and the priest goes just in time do you have the rings we see the priest react and we see the bride and groom react before we're allowed to see the rings yeah. so at this point this is called the, an enigma code they've hidden something from us so hopefully when we get to see what it is the payoff is is, is, is gets the reaction which it wants in this case humor and we have this giant ugly like colorful colorful plastic checkered tatty heart heart, (laughs) and we get like a skull for for the groom and my question who do you think the skull came from is this scarlet or is this someone else do we think uh ellie i don't the thing that really bothers me is that it's definitely not Kristen scott thomas and we see her taking a ring off Yes, and that's not that. Maybe room. it was like the no. best of the three they had for yeah. options. I, I'm guessing. How was he, any of those better than the one I'm guessing, that she gave? I'm guessing the skull is either Tom, but more likely Scarlet. Yeah, because Scarlet's going to go work in a place called Spanks <laughs> later in this. Scarlet, like she yeah. would have a skull on her finger. And the thing is, now you've got married with them rings. Yeah. you'd want to keep them, wouldn't you? Maybe, but it wouldn't be the ones I'd wear. No, I might no, keep no, them in a no. box. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, they're not getting those rings back. Sentimental value. But you get the idea that this is a friendship group who has wacky adventures, and they're always going to help each other. No matter what. No yeah. matter what. And just kind of, and they're going to laugh it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of sociopathic in that way, yeah, yeah. where they'll do all sorts of damage and not really care. No, yeah. <laughs> because they're going to have a good time. Uh, and then um, we get, we cut to the guy. He's in Game of Thrones, Ellie. You probably recognized him from this. The guy who's kind of the the, the blowhard of the movie. He's doing the bit where he goes, um, if I speak with the tongues of angels but have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. To which I point, didn't... oh, he's from Game of Thrones. He's one of the he's one of the Night's Watchmen or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we he, we get told. And this is where Gareth just goes, good point. <laughs> and then it cuts to, you know, I can't smile without you. I can't I smile, the I can't singer. smile without you. I think the girl is someone. I don't know yeah, who the guy she's is. A, she's a really big um, British TV star. Do we know um, what her name she, is? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, I believe yeah, she's I been Googled. in quite a lot of... I believe I googled um, can't uh, can't smile without you for it in a funeral, and I had her name like all the scenes with her in it. So she was someone. Yeah. I just didn't write it down. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but during this song, people look this up. Nicola Walker. Nick N- Nicola Walker. While the scene is going on, like the camera just cuts away to Gareth, who is having <laughs> just absolute fits yeah, yeah, and like yeah. this is the end of the world that someone is and the whole time like matthew is like amused and like Shh, don't do it don't do it but also is kind of amused at what gareth <laughs> is doing and that's gareth's role he does the things we all wish we could do but, but yeah. we're never going to do exactly i yeah. feel like these are things you do when you're out in public in like london and don't know anyone yeah so sure. make these faces <laughs> people and so uh, and, and and we are if you listen to the interview at the end we do talk about the scene 
because yeah. I wanted to know about this one because yeah. it's one of my favorite. And when when we used to watch this with my mom, my mom would laugh. <laughs> I can hear her laughter as I'm thinking about it to this scene. Hands down, her favorite and her favorite character was hands down Gareth. Uh, um, so um, then we go to, I mean, we we go to the reception and Charles runs into Carrie and says, "Great hat," which I'm, I'm guessing that's cool. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good point. Hello. If you wore a hat that big, you probably want to hear it's a good choice. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think he says that because that's the first thing we see is the hat. Yes, but it's also a natural entry point, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, she's just the girl in the hat. But I also like the fact that she didn't hang about. She just speaks one line and walks. Yeah. So again, drip feed. Drip feed. Yeah, yeah, drip feed. It's well, really, isn't it? Yes. We, we meet Bernard a little bit more, and we're told he's just as big of a geek as Tom is, because we've established Tom is a geek. So by having them the whole... Oh, it was a splendid wedding. What did you think? I thought splendid. What did you think? <laughs> splendid, I thought. And I'm like, okay, you're, you're the same. Yeah, yeah. And we need to know that because if you look at them on the surface, David Haig, who plays Bernard or Bernard, is not nearly, like, he looks more reasonable. Yeah. And he probably might be more faint. I don't know, because he's in the thin blue line with Rowan Atkinson. He's been in a lot of British things. Yeah. I've seen him in some other things, but this, yeah, this yeah, is primarily yeah. how I know him as yeah, a North yeah, American. Yeah. Um, and then we learn that Fiona dislikes Carrie and just didn't like that. Oh, Who's that girl? Oh, she's American. Oh, I see. Slut. Obviously. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I can, f- I, I forgive it a little bit more because of what we find out later in the film. Yeah. yeah. Because there's an emotional thing here yeah. where you'd be angry. Also, yeah, yeah, we also yeah. know that she, how many people she slept with. Right. But this necessarily make her, but this is right. But this is a negative framing of oh, that. God, this yeah, isn't a sex yeah. positive comment. Is no, it? It's no, not. no, 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 no. <laughs> Plus, I don't know if Fiona necessarily knew that she go, tell me every, you know, or is she, she just, you know, want to know everything. With yeah. Me. Would she know? Or is she just, this, yeah, no, she no. does know more than Charles knows. Cause yeah. she gives us the backstory, not a ton. Yeah, and yeah. as Charles finds out, we find out. So Charles is our surrogate in this. Mm-hmm. So as Charles gets to move, you know, towards, we're like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's like us. <laughs> Ellie doesn't seem to be too impressed with that. I'm thinking. Oh no, it was just a frozen picture. Frozen picture. Okay, <laughs> we're, we're struggling with our Zoom call today. Um, <laughs> so um, we learned that Tom and Fiona are siblings. He goes, "You think I'd hate him half as much if he wasn't my brother?" No. Uh, and then he says, "You guys go ahead. I don't want to ruin my chances of romance because he stepped in a cow pat, uh, a cow cow dung. dung basically, yeah. I don't want to ruin my chances of romance by smelling like you know." cow crap at the reception <laughs> at which point he's rubbing his foot up against the hay bale one falls on him because that's that's only marginally better great now you smell like smell like a hay bale yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and coated in hay yeah <laughs> uh and um there's a discussion about what do you say at reception lines because fiona never knows what to say a great thing which i think everybody can relate to because in a wedding receiving line you might know you probably know the bride and the groom yeah, you might know one or two other people. Yeah, and everybody else, you're sort of forced to have this like face to face conversation with, and they go, "What should you say?" And so Matthew goes, "You could go with you must be very proud." And Gareth's like, "That's boring. You should just say the bride looks pregnant. <laughs> just that is more entertaining." And then we cut to you must be very proud. <laughs> Brilliant. And it's the idea that you know Gareth does the things probably yeah, that yeah. you wish you could do, but you'll never do them. Fiona was never going to do that. No. Is that is the wedding line? Is that something that actually happens? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have to go and it's like reverse order of importance as well. So it's like, <laughs> and you finish with the bride and the groom. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's traditionally like the mother and father of the bride. Well, and father the bride. Because, it, because traditionally they would pay for the wedding, so yeah. they would be um, there. And so you would like, be welcoming your guests. Okay. And, but yeah. you might. It's not, very, it's not done very often anymore. But you no. might have your. Um, you might have the best man. You might have the maid of honor. Things like that. Yeah. So uh, Charles makes his move, and we get this love theme score again. But it's interrupted 
both the meeting and the score interrupted when John comes in. Yeah. Bald John, who wants to catch up with Charles and has no way of reading a room, even if that room is outside. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> because he's like, you know, Charles is just like, you know, and, you know, Charles just made this lovely introduction. Here, I've got two drinks. Do you want one of these? Which he's planned in advance. It's all going to plan. Yeah, yeah. And then in comes John. And he kind of begrudgingly goes, well, how's that beautiful girlfriend of yours? Well, she's no longer my girlfriend. <laughs> Terrence Paul moved, well, that's good. Uh, we, we heard she never stopped bonking old Tony DeLau in case it didn't work out. Just to hear, she is now my wife. And this is this hyper-real version of Britishness that seems to have been presented to the world. The most embarrassing thing in the world for a Brit is to be embarrassed by doing something of this nature. This yeah, is the yeah, worst yeah. thing that could happen. How true is this? Massively. Oh, is it? Okay. God, yeah. Because you're stuck face-to-face in a conversation with someone that you've just said something that you thought would turn out to be And a you joke, have no way out. But you have no way out because they've gone, actually, no, it's this thing. And you go, oh, shit. I it's, love situations like that. See, I, I, <laughs> a I Fish Called it. Wanda, a film that we'll probably do, it, it does qualify. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, J- John Cleese's character says, do you know how horrible it is to be English to say to someone, oh, are you married? And find and the response being, my, my wife just left me today. Or, 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 or do you have children? They, they, they died in a fire last week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's like crippling anxiety of always saying the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was once at a, oh, strange thing. I was once uh, at a funeral of all things. And earlier in the day, day i had to speak and i knew i had to go to this funeral and so i was really really down mm-hmm. because how do you get yourself ready for it's just it's just hard yeah and but before that i still had to go to work and i had to do this big speaking presentation to a bunch of like 17 18 year olds about being it was supposed to be having motivational that was the key nice. so i had to get myself right. up for this right yeah, yeah, yeah. and just before i went i went on basically i'm waiting sort of behind and the person before me is going long and she's in the university of somewhere or other yeah i'm like all right and so went way long. I'm like, great. And it was so dry. It was so dry. And I was like, all right. I'm, like, I'm really going to have to work hard to get these guys back in the room because they're checked out. And so I went in, big energy, didn't, wasn't feeling it necessarily. Yeah. But got them back up, hit all my spots, went really, really, really well. Left, got a big round of applause. They're back up. At one point, I went, who's that, you know, that, you know, just like that lady said, it was from the University of, and I said where I thought she was from, and they said somewhere else, and I went, eh, same thing, right? I just kind of walked out. And so then I had to go, from, and then now, now I'm up here. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm like at a 10 now, because I've done this thing, and it went really well, and yeah, yeah, yeah. now I have to go to a funeral. It's like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. And so I go to the funeral, and the woman who I, I worked with afterwards said, that went really, really well. And I said, thank you. Yes, it was really, really hard. Because, you know, I, I got cut down on time. She went, yeah, sorry about that. And I said, yeah. Plus, the one before me was so dry. <laughs> my colleague went, that's my sister. <laughs> <laughs> How did you? I can just imagine your anxiety. You just go through. I tried to talk my way out of it. And then, and then a, a mutual colleague <laughs> went, went, Ian, you should stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I, I thought I should. <laughs> That's brilliant. And I was convinced that it was going to be. No, nah, I'm still really good friends with the, with the colleague to this day. But yeah, I but that moment that. I was like. I love watching you squirt. And every now and then she still goes, remember when you said that about, about my sister? I said, yeah, I do. <laughs> I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then we meet the trainee vicar played by Rowan Atkinson. Gerald. We do. He's great. I'm not a big I think of- this guy's. Oh, wait, in this film? Yeah, he's he's okay in this film. This film, I'm, he's I'm, he's I'm, outstanding in this oh, film. I just, I just find him hard to watch. Ellie, thoughts on this? Helps 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 with a tie here. Oh, I love Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not big on Mr. Bean. Yeah, I'm not big no. on Mr. Bean. I love Rowan Atkinson in speaking roles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's great. And so this is Rowan Atkinson's favorite movie he's ever done. Oh, there we are. Then. There we are. Uh, 
originally the plan for this was a much less famous at the time. He's big deal now in England. Oh, okay. Michael Sheen. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I would so much prefer him. Oh, no. I like Michael Sheen. I'm a big fan. No. Rowan yes. Atkinson considered for the role of Father Gerald uh, since the producers thought that Rowan Atkinson wouldn't say yes to it. Oh, okay. So there we go. Uh, and we find out that Gerald's hoping to do weddings, but it's jolly nerve-wracking. And Fiona's just like, now she's got all the bravery in the world. It's just her and this priest one-on-one. You know, you must be very proud has turned into, well, I imagine it's like the first time someone has sex. I think she's trying to do it for shock value. I love her. Mm-hmm. Only far less messy and less call for condoms. <laughs> to which point. It's brilliant. To which point, Rock is like, <laughs> 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 I suppose so. <laughs> oh, that's um. And then we meet uh, David as well, who we sort of saw in some group shots. He's kind of in the group, but not in the group. Yeah, yeah. David. Um, and he's played by David Bauer. That makes sense. Uh, Hugh Grant legitimately learned sign language for his scenes with his brother. That's nice. Yeah. It's a shame the subtitling people didn't. Uh, what, the fact that there wasn't uh, direct translations from what we saw? Ridiculous. Yeah. It really annoyed me. Um, and then we find out there's a girl in love with him from a distance, and Matthew tells us by telling her, this is brilliant. Yeah, it's good. The dish can't hear, yeah, which is yeah, a lovely yeah. line as that well. Lovely, yeah. And she went, oh, I see. He goes, yeah, silent, but deadly, deadly. attractive. <laughs> yeah. And in case you weren't sure if he was gay, they went, oh, he's a bit of a dish. And he goes, I've always thought so. Yeah. We're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Not just good, like, sort of friend roommate with, like, really close boundaries. They're a couple. Yeah, he yeah, is yeah. gay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we go to the reception, and Scarlett sits down and warns the boy she's never met next to her. My name's Scarlett. Don't let me drink too much because I get real flirty. I love After her. she's already kissed him. And she has a <laughs> giant glass of wine in her hand. She's so lovely. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, and then Charles uh, does a speech about his last time at a best man where apparently, I guess, he outed that the bride was sleeping with... Um, no, the groom was sleeping with the bride's the sister, sister and, and mother. mother. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And it's a joke. This does not play as well in North America. Oh, okay. So would th- my question is, would this joke actually hold up in a British wedding? Yes. Would it? Yeah. People would yeah, laugh? God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's, yeah. Not, it's not a true story. Oh. No, but still, this subject matter would not be wedding oh, appropriate okay. back no, home. Okay. Yeah, that, no, it would. It would. That would, it would it? Wow. Because yeah, yeah, like, yeah. they're like, like, the, like the, the wedding party's laughing, the parents and the crowd are laughing. Yeah, I'm like, that, wow. Is that, dry, is that, is that um, thing? This isn't that dry. It's not the shock maybe. humor. It's the idea that it's just something this sexual in nature would not be, that would be inappropriate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Weddings is like one of the few places that British people actually do talk about sex. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, then we go to Charles does say, though, um oh well i saw the infidelity though we cut to john from earlier who's yes. got like tears in his eyes and he gives that look to it i'll be honest as a viewer i kind of wanted more closure on his story yeah i did mm. i did because i'm like is he just ruined this guy's exactly is it true is it if it's true i guess i'm not that you know i, I guess yeah. but i wanted something because i felt like we were supposed to be la- i felt like i was supposed to laugh at him and i actually felt sorry yeah. for him i didn't want to lie isn't he like glaring at his wife at this yeah. point but well. like, his eyes are like are like like glistening because he's got tears he's holding back yeah. oh um, and Charles says he's in awe of anyone who can make this kind of commitment. And there's this character in the film. Charles is the guy who can't get married. Yeah. Charles won't commit to that level. Uh, and then we go to the dancing and Angus, the groom cannot dance. Not even a little bit. He dead dance. Doesn't he? Uh, barely. And the song's <laughs> crocodile rock by Elton John. Good song. So Elton must have signed. That's two he, things now. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't often, does he? No. And the budget is really, really modest. Yeah, so I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bernard is a geek once again. And Gareth is drawing attention, but last for his dancing. And that's who he is. Then we get I Will Survive by the wedding band. I bring this up for a reason. I'll talk about it later. And Charles struggles with the idea of can you just go over and say to a girl, hey, babe, name's Charles. It's your lucky night. <laughs> Matthew says if they are, they're not English. 
Liam, I have a feeling you can totally do this. <laughs> I've never tried it. Oh, have you not? No. Okay. Uh, this is the maybe, hyper. Maybe yeah, this is the hyper real version of what it means to be British. I think. I mean, first off, it's all manor houses. It's all middle class. Yeah. yeah. It's all posh countryside or living in London. Big old yeah. churches. Big old churches, and everybody's it's in not, tails. It's not normal everyday life, is it? No. And it just just call it as I see it. Yeah. I don't think I saw a whole lot of any other people but white people at these weddings oh i saw a black was, guy at the yeah, funeral yeah, yeah. Oh, i was gonna oh. say I, I don't think there were many in the entire cast no no like we're talking just like a couple of bitch shots Maybe in the funeral two or three yeah, yeah. Oh. uh lydia is upset because she can't get sex uh direct quote not so much as a tongue in sight <laughs> uh bernard makes a move and she says don't be ridiculous bernard i'm not that desperate why would he agree to that it's coming he's smitten He's smitten. He's in love with this girl. It's a trope. It was a trope of like late 80s, early 90s sitcoms as well. The guy who's hopelessly in love with... Ever see Saved by the Bell? Yes. Screech, who's in love with Lisa, and she insults him, but he still loves her. And if she had ever said, yeah, okay, he'd be 100% behind it. It's it's Fez in that 70s show. Same idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's sheep in the car. Great. Lydia catches the bouquet. Uh, (laughs) Love is all around is being played by the band. We'll talk more about that song later. And Tom wants to invite the group round for a late night scrabble with eggs and bacon. Woo, party! That does sound kind of like. Uh, <laughs> am I leaving a, a wedding to, with, with alcohol to go play? I mean, yeah. I like the eggs and bacon. I'd be like, oh, but scrabble. I was like, yeah. I, people are falling asleep in the first hour, right? There's a ton of place for scrabble. scrabble, though, and I, I feel like late night scrabble is probably like strip scrabble. Oh, I don't think oh, and so. Swear words. No. Yeah. Swear words scrabble, I yeah. I don't think it's that. British people knew. <laughs> um, and so uh, <laughs> we find out that Tom is the seventh richest man in Britain. And then, <laughs> and then he leaves. Uh, Tom leaves. And yeah, because that Branson fellow's doing awfully well. <laughs> <laughs> he was. And then Carrie enters. And we find out that Carrie and, and Charles are both actually booked to be in the same pub. The Lucky Boatman, which you can stay in. <gasps> uh, it is the Half-Timbered King's Arms in Amersham which you can get on the Metropolitan Line in Amersham. Buckinghamshire. Amersham, Ooh. yeah. Amersham, sorry. Uh, where I used to live of, when I was little. Really? Aww. At the time yeah. of filming, it was only a bar, but it is now reopened as a hotel. Oh, that's cool. There we go. So I'm not sure if the outside matches the inside, but it's just one of those things. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. get part of it. Uh, and so he goes, I'm going to stay at some friend's house. <laughs> with some friends <laughs> and it was like he was like a john travolta impression for two seconds just a bit yeah and she goes well it was nice almost meeting you and so far i got no problems with carrie carrie's fine she's she not she's not that time she doesn't anything. like her at this point either the character of carrie is okay yeah yeah yeah. at this point yeah. yes yeah, yeah the return of the wedding band singing uh stand stand by your man <laughs> but she, she the girl singing the low part and the guy's doing falsetto on the high part. Oh, I love it. And it, it was this pan to, to them. And then all of a sudden, you know, Gareth is the right person. It's time to go. Yeah. Castle beckons, don't we think, Tom? And as they walk out, the camera pans with them to find Bernard and Lydia yeah, yeah. making out. To like, which point, she kind of like comes up for air, looks at him. Animalistically. As if seeing him for the first time in her mm-hmm. life and goes, Bernard! <laughs> yeah. And then they go back to making out. They do. And you're like, good, because she, she, she was mean to him. She was. I guess I guess we're glad that this is the, the, the end result. I'm okay with it. And then they go off to the boatman. Uh, he gets out. Of, thankfully, the boatman apparently appears to be on the way to the castle. Yeah. Um, they passed it, by, by not, the way. not that far of a walk. The whole group is singing the world's best version of Stand By Your Man. Yeah. Yep. And you go, stop the car. Stop the car. Stop the car, Cole. Yeah, stop stop the car. <laughs> At which point he gets out and he goes, going, wah, wah, wah. is this supposed to be like sex noises? Is that what they're doing here? 
Uh, I don't know. I think I've I've thought this for years. It's got to be sex noises. Like, it's the only thing I can think about. Play the clip because I can't remember. No, I, I don't have a clip set up. But they no, wouldn't no, no, know but... that he's going back to her, though, would they? Why is he leaving to go to the boatman? I don't know. Yeah, but what's the what's that about? Maybe they're taunting him because he's going home early. Is that like you're a baby? Whoa. I don't know. That's like an ambulance sound. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It just seems real. I, uh, Maybe you should put it out to the poll. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have any options. <laughs> if you know what you think that's about, yeah, let me let's... know. Because I don't have a. I've always assumed it was some sort of a sexual thing. I just never thought they understood that, you know, he liked her. Yeah, but I should. Or that he's going back the, to her. But they're not like going like, what, what, why are you going? Come on, come back in. Oh, don't be. It's no. just this, whoa, whoa. And they're all yeah, drunkenly yeah. doing it together. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Um, and I want to stay at the boatman. It looks lovely. It does. Uh, Carrie is there, and they're going to get a drink, double whiskeys. That's pretty much a sign for yeah. things are going to happen, I think. Absolutely. Uh, the guy from Game of Thrones from earlier was there, and uh, he says, where is that Cassie creature? He goes, Carrie. <laughs> lovely. Oh, him. Lovely woman. Yes, N- him. Nice smell. I think... <laughs> I think I'm in there, which is the most crude. W- I don't know. I'm going, that is not an appropriate way to talk about that. I was like, yes, all right. That's funny. Um, he, and then the, the, she, Carrie has gone hiding behind a chair because she's, because earlier at the wedding, uh, this guy and Carrie are at the same table. Oh, I did yes. pick that up. Yes. And then, so he thinks they've made a connection. He wants to try and track her down. She hides on the tent of chair. Um, his whiskeys arrive, one for you and one for the road. Lovely. <laughs> I love that. To which point the, 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 the blowhard goes, I'll join you. Do you mind if I Do join I? you? No. And Hugh Grant can't be, you know, yeah, yeah. not British and say no. He has to go, yes, that would be lovely. <laughs> and he decides we're going to drink till dawn. Uh-huh. But Carrie sends him a message and says, send the same waiter goes, your wife wants you to come up to your uh, room, uh, room 12, in case you're so drunk you can't remember, <laughs> which is the greatest out. And he goes, all right. And then the, the blowhard's like, I'm going to look for that Carrie creature. Cassie he goes, cool, Carrie. He says, yes, damn fine Philly. <laughs> damn fine Philly. I think I'm in there. <laughs> And that's, uh, and that's the end of that guy's part I thought he's great he was funny he's great for what he is yeah. see my face blindness really struggled with the fact that, that that isn't the guy she ends up marrying oh no he's very how about accent blindness must have it because yeah. that guy's Scottish I don't think he speaks very much though does he uh, no not much I'll give you that yeah no, they're, they're just the same oh, hang on. in my brain that's not the wedding's guy. in Scotland no I know what we're saying though the oh, wedding's okay. in Scotland but he's not Scottish I don't his think. name Hamish. Oh, his name is Hamish. I don't know. I give up now. <laughs> Maybe he's an American Scotsman. I doubt it. Uh, we're going up to Carrie's room, and we get the whole skulking around here. I could. He goes. Thought we might skulk around here before we go back down. She goes. Oh, I could skulk around if skulking was required, but I don't skulk that often. I'm like, this script is far too good for the likes of. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't like Annie McDowell much in, in Groundhog Day. I don't like Annie McDowell very much in this. Oh, that's what me, she's either. In. me either. Yeah. Um, I. I'll tell you what she does. I do think well. she's really. I think this writing exposes her. I'll tell you what she does do well. The looks. Her, when, when, what, she's what looks? Flir- when she's flirting, looking, she's better. No, than when she, she gives. Talks. A, oh, here's Andy McDowell. Give your line, okay, Andy. Now smile. <laughs> that's how just every line in this no, part of the movie <laughs> i will give her some credit there's moments when she looks at him and you see an actual adoring look but that's not very often i think she's confused <laughs> <laughs> joey school of they the, are very the joey close of um she she just smiles in her i've got the little bit next line is she just smiles in her acting it's the only form of delivery she knows <laughs> <laughs> and they get into the room and they have a conversation about you may now kiss the bride and how it's big in america and they go well it's not really in the book of common prayer yeah, yeah. Uh, but they talk about how far would you have to go before things got too carried away and i've got in my lines i think that he overplays the gimmick because they're flat out making out and he's going this might be too far i'm like god 
guy. Come on. Read stop. the room. Yeah. But then they're naked, and she starts going, do you think maybe here the vicar would think he'd lost That's control? definitely, like, way past the point. You yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like Stop the gimmick. You're having sex. (laughs) I'm like, how much more of us are we doing? And they start talking about the meaning of the word honeymoon. And while this is happening, there's all these dissolves to just the passage of time. But the dialogue is like always in the same place. It's one line of uninterrupted dialogue throughout the dissolves. (laughs) So I'm just like, all right. But during this time, that same, you know, do, 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 (laughs) is sort of playing the whole time over it. Do, 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 do. Um, We go to the next morning and she's totally dressed. She's obviously had a shower. Her hair is done. And, and she, he wakes up to the zipper closing on her suitcase. She's trying to sneak out. Uh, she's looking at him. I don't think she's sneaking out, but she's no, backlit she's and somewhat idealized. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. She's got this great, well, I don't know. She's off to America and wants to know when they're going to announce the engagement. In this part, I think she's okay for the 30 seconds. I thought this was well done. That was, it was. I will say that as a character, I think Carrie's terrible for doing this joke. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. that is scary. <laughs> That's funny. His cover yeah, job. Funny, yeah. His cover yeah. job is sensational. Yeah. Because he all goes like, uh, well, I, um, I, I thought that, uh, well, considering I'm, uh, yeah, hey, you're joking. And I totally believed he's waking up. Yeah, he's yeah, blinking. Yeah. He's trying to get his yeah. pieces. What happened last night? I did, when I first watched this, I remember not thinking that, you know, she was being serious. The, what, the first time you thought she was serious? The very first time I ever watched it, I thought she was being serious. Yeah, it's a joke. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're, we're with him, and we don't realize but, she's but, fully joking until she does. But even now, when I look at it, when he goes, oh, you're joking. Yeah. Until she breaks that, I don't see her. I don't see that. Do you know what I mean? There's no There's right no smile. sign that she is joking. No. Though, yeah. No, but she has some, some ideas that she really is trying to like pull a practical joke on him here. It's not when we're getting married, wink, wink. <laughs> she really is. She wants him to be scared oh, for a moment. Oh, okay. Which is the first of my... I don't like this girl yeah. moments. <laughs> oh. uh, but she goes, I think we, I, I, I love the script. I do. I am curious about some of the lines. I think we both missed a great opportunity here. What are you talking about? You just had the opportunity. You just had, uh, what yeah. more was going to happen? You met at the wedding. What was going to happen between when you met and now that would have been different exactly. from what's occurred? Yeah. I don't know. Ellie, do you have any thoughts on this? I think it's just ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I yeah, I don't like her either. I don't like her acting, yeah, and it does, yeah, like you say, it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> we have a sound bridge of an alarm clock that goes off, and we hear it at the very end of a scene, but then it cuts to the next uh, wedding invitation, and wedding number two, Bernard and Lydia, only yeah. three, three months, months later. later. It's three gotta be a shotgun months. wedding, right? It's gotta be. Yeah. It's never mentioned. It's gotta be a shotgun wedding. Oh, maybe yeah. right. Yeah, 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 the parents are there. Well, they would be anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> wedding, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got to be a shotgun there's no wow. other reason right <laughs> yeah uh close up of the wedding invitation and then all we hear in the uh, off off camera is oh fuck and we're like okay he's late again this, yeah. is, this is a theme okay it's, it's a going, ongoing and thing. they have to run to the wedding but in the process scarlet's bow falls off she goes nobody will even notice and there's a great sight shot of some joggers who are passed by the two of them as they run in their formal wear i have a story go for it I was seeing someone, and uh, they unfortunately had a death. And it's in a funeral story. Wow. No, oh, jeez. But it, it fits in with the with the, the movie we're watching. So I'm trying to balance it out with four funerals and a wedding. I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm supposed to go ahead and follow. Uh, we, we, I went to the funeral, and then I was going to go ahead and follow to to the gravesite. We're going to lower. They're going to lower the casket and have that second sort of last part of, yeah, of, yeah, of, the, yeah. of the service, so to speak. And uh, I got to my car, and I'd, uh, my, I had the sensor in my door that would tell me when I left my lights on. Yeah. But the sensor would get stuck in, okay. so it wouldn't always go ding, ding, yeah, ding, yeah, ding, yeah. ding. Yeah. So I'd left my lights on. And see so your battery gone flat. Battery died. Yeah. 
and the cemetery is like on the opposite side. It's a village, but still, it's a good two kilometers I probably have to run yeah, yeah. in like a full black suit <laughs> running through town and then trying to make yourself look composed when you've been running like red and it's hot. It's a hot summer day. I'm sweating. Yeah, yeah. Probably the suit looks disheveled. I'm trying to tuck the shirt back in <laughs> so I can relate to this. Um, and so um, they, they again, they just beat the bride. Scarlett joins the wedding party because she's a bridesmaid. And Hugh Grant sits down, joins his friends and goes, so who is it today? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to this many weddings where I forget whose wedding I'm at. I don't no, know. You. Yeah. you just wouldn't. No. no. Um, and so Tom lets us know what he has the rings by looking through them. And you know what? Charles is a good sport about this. He is. He is. I like Charles. I believe that Charles is friends with his group of friends. I think there's a warmth there. I really like oh, it. Oh, yeah. And so he does the rings and he kind of smiles and goes, yeah, good. Good on you. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah. Um, and Lydia looks, uh, I've got Lydia looks amazing as a bride. I think she's the best looking of the four brides in the, in, in the movie as a bride. Yeah. I was, I was, I thought Lydia was, was the best looking. Yes. Because the first one, the first one, she really is just a big meringue with this yeah. big dopey blonde yeah, hair. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think Lydia looks great. I think yeah, Lydia looks, looks, looks timeless. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah Ellie, any thoughts? I'm struggling to think exactly what Lydia looked like as a bride. Right. Um, I thought her dress was also quite big. I like. I quite liked our final bride. A, f- a final bride? Okay. Yeah. Um, and so um, Lydia approaches, and we can see that it's uh, Gerald doing the wedding. Yes. And that uh, Bernard looks excited but nervous. But as they approach, like Rowan Atkinson like, takes his hat off and looks for a place to put it. <laughs> finally puts it on the ground just beside him. Yeah. Uh, and the ceremony is a disaster and he keeps messing up things like the names of the biblical references like the father son and the holy goat uh, <laughs> rather than calling him jeffrey singen delaney he calls him godfrey saint john delaney <laughs> she's lydia john hubbard apparently or hibbard and uh there is to say singen again so do you lydia jane hibbard take jeffrey sorry uh take uh what's it bernard, uh, bernard jeffrey Delaney. Do you think they actually get stage fright with names? I, what, the priests? Yeah. Maybe the first time. Yeah, sure, why not? You must do. It's like the first time a teacher goes in. You wouldn't think that they'd be nervous as all be, but you know, we had had some new teachers at the school this year, and some of them were very, very first time doing classes, and they're a bit nervous. Of course they are. Yeah. Because you're just doing that thing that you've only sort of been, and like now they're actually going to let me do this. (laughs) Now imagine that, but in front of like 200 people who are paying you to be there. And it's on the most important day of their lives. Yeah. Like a big occasion. It's not just one day at school that happens the next day. It's, yeah, someone's at a wedding. And I've got my notes here. Uh, yeah, we found out it's a friend of the family, and Charles hears this. And he's delighted. Oh, this is great. This should be fun. It makes it different for the other weddings, right? Yeah, yeah. And Lydia, I think Lydia's really good here. I, I also think Jeffrey's really good. It's not Jeffrey. Bernard's really good here as well. But I think Lydia's really good here. Yeah. With the whole bit, like, like correct, that polite way of correcting someone. Yeah. How do you, how do you not crack? How I don't know how you, you don't crack with, with Rowan Atkinson coming back at you. You must, you yeah. must, I'd like to see the outtakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so finally he goes, why I, Bernard, and then he thinks and his lips move and he goes, Delaney. <laughs> and you just see Bernard go, oh, thank God. Why yeah. I, Bernard Delaney. And then he goes, to be my awfully wedded, my awful wedded wife. <laughs> Lawful wedded wife. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the father, son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. <laughs> and then you just hear, um, Gareth go, bravo. And then everybody claps. And it's like this, I don't think it's ironic. I think it is like they really appreciate yeah, the entertainment yeah. value of it. Yeah. And then eventually every of the church claps and like, Ronak is like, oh, all right. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> it, did, it did irk me a little bit that they used both Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit because I don't know if anyone else because obviously it was for the two different punchline jokes yep. but 
at least in the churches I've always you would do one or the other spirit through and through Holy Ghost is very very American yes Um, we have the reception and Gareth has a new theory about marriage it's the end to an embarrassing pause of conversation that's all there is because you always have to talk about the rest of your life Uh, Charles runs into Carrie or more so she leans into her ear and goes hi and then he turns around and he's like oh Gonna gonna hang out with Carrie for a bit. Tells his friends, "This is a bloody great wedding." I'm Goes outside, chases her, and says, "Have this drink." She goes, "Great." Let me introduce you to my fiance, Hamish. Why would you do that? Carrie sucks. It's she does. Been three months. Carrie sucks. What? You didn't, didn't have to lean to, into his no. ear and do that side no. of it. She, knew exactly. she could have said, "Hi, yeah." By the way, uh, I'm here with my fiance. Yeah, but I, I, I'd love, I'd love I'd to like see you, you later. I'd like you to meet him. Yeah, I'd like yeah. you to meet him. Oh. As opposed to because that's sensual. She knew exactly what she was doing. Yeah, oh. it's designed so that we are surprised because he is our surrogate. So we go through yeah, the film yeah. with him. We are aligned to his viewpoint. Yeah, but I'm still like, you suck. Yeah. But seriously, what is with the speed of these relationships in this film? You're not wrong. Ridiculous. Um, well, to be fair, we don't know that they only started dating. We just, because she might have been cheating before. We, well, no, we no, we know, find out later. Oh, we find out, the, we find out the order in which sex was happened. Yeah, so you, I mean, yeah, so they definitely hadn't well, gone Hamish, that far. Hamish is getting up there. You know, maybe he's <laughs> all about like, let's go up. I, I, you know, maybe he's like, all right, to your point, let's go ahead and uh, let's get married quick because I'm I'm getting old. Um, and then we've got, uh, and then he's, 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 he's floored and he goes ahead and he goes, why am I always at wedding, but never getting married? I think this is to Matthew. He says this mm-hmm. and Charles thinks he's the problem. And Matthew says, no, no, no. Odds are you meet your wife at dinner. He says, well, you know, you just haven't met the right girl. Yet. Maybe you meet the right girl all the time. Maybe the problem is me. And he goes to this, uh, wedding and he sees the seating chart and like walks out of shot and you're like what is wrong with this seating chart we, good. we cut to some old lady who's asking fiona if she's m- married yet and then instantly goes well are you a lesbian and we find out that's more interesting <laughs> than the the alternative and if you want to see chris and scott thomas kind of play a lesbian for two seconds fleabag yes fleabag she's great in fleabag oh, i forgot about that just just one episode but she's great in it uh, and then we go to the wedding table from hell if i may i'd like to tell another story go for it <laughs> This one's about a wedding. Of them today. This one's about a wedding. Yeah, I do have a lot are you, of them. Are you going to do four funerals and a wedding? Story I've got then? I've got two and one so far. We'll see if I get two more. So I'm at this <laughs> wedding, and I've just started seeing uh, seeing seeing a girl. We're, we're at this wedding, and it's a friend of mine who's invited me. You know, it's, it's my invite, not 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 my, not my girlfriend's invite. And we go there, and we we sit there for ceremony. It's a nice ceremony, um, and then we go and we get food because we don't think we're invited to a dinner. We think we're invited to the ceremony. And then to the reception afterwards, right, but there's a yeah, big, yeah. it's like a three hour gap. I'm like, surely that's when they're eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go to a place called Eastside Mario's. If you're from Canada, you know what I'm talking about. Eastside Mar- Eastside Mario's is like if you did like a Frankie and Benny's, but oh, it was okay. like like a thousand times better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, went there, had some food. It was lovely. Went back and found out. Oh no, no, there there is actually a meal that was. It was just a three hour break for pictures. <laughs> three hours. So we sit down, and I'm going. Wait, is there a seating chart? There's a seating chart. I'm like, I better check this out. I'm like, there's no way that there'd be a... And I look, and I'm sitting beside... I'm at a table with my ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend <laughs> and her parents. That's brilliant. <laughs> and I broke it off with her, Ooh. so I'm the bad guy. Whoops. And I'm here with my new girlfriend. <laughs> Great. I want to be on that table. 
At which point, <laughs> the boyfriend doesn't show for some reason or other. Right, yeah. But she was the, head, the, bad guy. the girlfriend was at the head table. But then she did, like, make her way and come sit down. I'm like, this is the worst. Like, what is this? What have I done to deserve this? And to be fair, the parents were very civil. Uh, and, and nothing got emotional. But it was like, talk about feeling uncomfortable for, like, three hours straight. That's I exactly love, what I happened here. moments like that. Oh, it was dreadful. <laughs> when I saw that list, I went, how does... Uh, surely, because when I, when I saw my, my ex-girlfriend's parents there, yeah. along, because I, I knew my, my ex-girlfriend was, was in the wedding party. I was sitting there going, surely... My friend is smart enough not to do this to me. Surely <laughs> no. this will not happen. I bet kind of mean, purpose. right? They oh, were, they were playing a <laughs> little bit. They were playing devil's advocate. <laughs> oh, jeez, on purpose. Not you, cool. You were supposed to be their entertainment. <laughs> yeah, just just trying to get out of there alive. <laughs> so unlike uh, what happens here, where we learn that Charles is fairly insensitive because the girls share war stories, and Charles seems like he's been a bad kind of guy where he tells all the bad stories later on. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm sure people do this. I blame the girls for bringing it all up because they're getting enjoyment out of this, and he's trying to dissipate it all. Yeah, and they think they're punishing him by bringing it up, but they find out that they keep finding each other or in the stories. Yeah. And uh, I don't like this bit. I don't like it. No. Uh, he leaves. Well, not yet, though, because there's the best man speech by Tom, a great part of the wedding, where he, <laughs> he goes, says, oh, 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 speeches, speeches. He goes, oh, my. <laughs> good, good. And he goes, oh, um, I'd like to say, you know, it's when 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 Bernard said he was getting married, I congratulated him because because of how many of his old girlfriends were such complete dogs. <laughs> and Lydia, Lydia laughs. laughs. And then there was a pause. So the first laugh is. But I must say how delighted we are to see so many of them here today. <laughs> At which point then we get Gareth laughing. And then he, he starts going through all the people who, you know, he'd asked to marry before him. And he goes, for instance, it's great to see Camilla. So now he's not only gone, they were dogs. Yeah, There's yeah. a bunch of them here. Camilla was one of them. <laughs> but when he asked her to marry her, she told him to sort off. And lucky for Lydia that she did. <laughs> you just get Gareth absolutely losing it at the table. Um, and then she, so funny. we cut to the end of it. Charles tells his friends he's stuck with the ghosts of girlfriends past, which would later be the name of a movie, a terrible movie. Wow. Michael Douglas and Matthew McConaughey. Really? It's like the Christmas Carol, but with girlfriends. Oh, okay. He, oh, there's one bit where he's like, like Michael Douglas is like, is like Marley, like, like walking him through what his punishment will be if he yeah, doesn't yeah, correct yeah. his ways. And at one point, there's all these tissues that fall from the sky. And he goes, these are all the tissues from all the tears that all those girls cried. Ah! I'm like, I love Scrooge more than almost anybody I know. I'm like, this sucks. This sucks. <laughs> uh, we go to the, rec- uh, sorry, um, this is the only way this would be worse is if I meet Henrietta, the night will be complete. And who's right behind him? But Hen- Henrietta. Yeah. Waiting for her cue. <laughs> Waiting for a cue, and then Charles leaves because she goes and cries. Um, I don't. I, I've seen Henrietta in stuff. I didn't write down her name. She's good. Yeah, I've got. I'm uh, a chancellor. I got. Oh, yeah, chancellor. I got two <laughs> thoughts about Henrietta. Uh, I don't think Henrietta's a good person. No. Henrietta deserved a lot better than what she got in this movie. Do you know what? I worked this out later on. I figured we feel sorry for her because the the story needs us to feel sorry for her. Yep. And then when we need the, to pivot and turn, that's when we have to hate her. And we're okay with her being yep. later. So that's what I think. Yeah, they do. They do. There's a clear yeah, point yeah, where yeah. they go, you need to start disliking her as a person. Yeah, she yeah, still yeah. deserves better than what happens to her. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Serena. want to hear some fun facts about Anna Chancellor? Uh, sure. <clears throat> her six times great aunt was author Jane Austen. Wow. Oh, that's, cool. that's cool. And she's also 10 times a descendant of Mary Boleyn. That's Aww. very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Uh, maybe it's a sign. 
<laughs> on that note serena makes sign language with david it's very cute and they dance and the way the camera sort of circles around them it's like the only two people it's in the room so lovely. and very just nice. the camera tells us because the you can't use dialogue nope the camera tells us this is true love yeah and basically it is yeah and that's yep. that's for the most part that's david's story i love the fact that she learned sign language for him yep uh charles goes and hides in some random room to avoid ex-girlfriends <laughs> uh, yeah. as he looks down carrie just happens to be leaving with hamish or so we think mm-hmm. enter bernard and lydia who have sex yep charles goes to hide in the or leave or goes hide in the bathroom but lydia turns on the light and he freezes he definitely could have got out in the time that he takes thinking about things it's i think so, yeah, this no, is like i can't him doing this this is like sully yeah. yes if you say yeah, people yeah, yeah, are gonna yeah. come in you have 18 seconds to walk yeah, to the end yeah. he could have gotten out but that human moment you go what, what do i do yeah. what do, I, do i say something will they stop maybe they'll just stop maybe they're okay can <laughs> i get out okay i think i have to get out in that indecision moment you lose your window it's like that time it's like if you're like in a toilet in like your house and there's like family around and you know that the toilet's not properly locked or whatever and someone like comes towards the door and you're like nope someone in here yeah uh, okay yeah <laughs> um yeah this bit i got a bit annoyed with because okay. he goes out the door and you believe to go he walks through the door right and it's, it's actually just a cupboard it's it? a cupboard yeah. and he's oh, no, I, I, I got there it a toilet. sink in the cupboard i was able i was able to keep up with the geography of the room i know he doesn't leave the room oh no it looks no. like he walks into the door it looks like he walks through like in, if but it, when it you like when he opens the door it's a cupboard like walking into Oh, you mean but for first not, part, he's, like he's walked into a different room altogether yeah. as opposed yeah, he, to... He has to have been... Or like at least like... He, the, doesn't, he doesn't even step up. Because the camera lingers, I always got that he was just in an adjacent like closet, cupboard, bathroom. No, I, I, yeah, I thought he was in a cupboard, but I thought he was just stood in the cupboard. All right, I, I hear can't. you. I hear you. So the fact he's on the sink is a little bit yeah, too unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But why is the sink in a cupboard? <laughs> uh, I think it's like a little just like Sal, Sal the band, like kind of wash your hands, put on your makeup. Maybe there's... Maybe that's it. Kind of a, a thing. I don't know. Um, so then we go to Scarlet and the Flower Girl, and if they have boyfriends, uh, Scarlet says, uh, "Boys find me pointless, so they bonk me and leave me. The <laughs> ones who do fancy me, I think, are drips. So I can't be bothered to bonk them." And she clarifies what bonking is for like a like eight year old with slightly smaller balls. <laughs> um, funny. So back to the climax and not of the movie. Uh, this is. I'll tell you what. I was personal thing. This is a weird film to watch for your family. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my remember how I said my mom was laughing at the yeah, one yeah, scene. Yeah, 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 she hadn't gone anywhere by this point. <laughs> Bernard and Lydia, they're like animals they all are. the time. Yeah, you do get that impression actually. Yeah, you know I, mean? all I hadn't the thought time. about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the humor comes from the fact that they're so kind of nerdy like, but nerdy. so sexy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lydia wants to have another go. Uh, he keeps calling her his naughty rabbit. <laughs> and, and Charles can't stand it, so he has to break out with this pencil, which he thinks is the answer. And the brilliant part is he escapes, and you think the tension's over, and he runs right into Henrietta. Uh, Henrietta thinks that he's in real trouble. I've been talking to people, which is great to hear. Yeah. She says, you're a serial monogamous, but you thought I was stupid. He goes, no, I didn't think you were stupid. She goes, come on, Charles. I thought you, too, was a type of submarine. To which she says, well, the music does have a very naval quality. And uh, she says, the problem is that you start every relationship thinking you mustn't get married. She runs off crying. And then he turns around into Carrie. Like, these people knew their cues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he goes, I thought you'd left. She goes, no, I'm off now. Keep me company. I know. Carrie Such sucks. A bitch. Carrie sucks. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. He's smitten. And she's like, I'll have some fun. Yeah. They're in the cab. She invites him up. 
Uh, he says, I don't think it's why. She goes, I'm pretty sure I can resist you. I'm not that cute. Cue the next morning, and she's, she's laying so there. Yeah. What, resist him because he's not that cute? Yeah. <laughs> she's laying there, and she's, like, playing with his chest. Ellie, what is the deal with women playing with men's chests at this point? Um... I think it's just like where you cuddle into, really, and it's just just the like natural sort of crevice s- in the chest. Security is that a woman thing? Do, do they? It seems like yes. The answer is yeah. it. I think it's also because if you're like cuddling and you've got an arm around you, then you're kind of lowered a little bit, so you end up with like a head on the chest, or it's okay. just like that kind of place where you end up point, turning into. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so he gets up to leave, and and he does. Uh, and then one month later, uh, Charles needs to not there. He's meeting David, and Scarlett's going to go work at a place called Spanx, and she doesn't understand why all the perverts <laughs> like it. She goes, it's very practical. It wipes off everything. And she goes, oh, hang on. That's probably why the perverts like it. <laughs> Carrie's getting married, and Charles has an invitation, and goes that day to buy her a gift. Yeah. This guy couldn't be more on the hook if he tried. Oh, no. uh, the sales assistant is terrible to him. She's horrible. Oh, Walking in for 50 pounds. Oh, the Pygmy Warrior, if you can find someone to believe over 3,950. Or our carrier bags are 50p each. Why not get 33 of them? One pound 50 each. Oh, sorry, one pound 50 each. Yeah, can I first say, her math is bang on. It really is. Yeah. I, would, I would do it. At which point, is this, a, is this a joke she makes often? She's got people come with 50. Oh, just tell them the carrier bag joke. It's written on the desk. <laughs> but then as soon as Carrie walks in, she goes, let me go for the, for the pygmy. She goes, the young man was thinking about it. So I do go, respect. You badmouth him one-on-one, Yeah, but you make him look good to the lady. Good on you. Yeah, but I still didn't like her. Well, that's because he Harry's was so, the client in the yeah, situation. Because he was so, so nice with to the her. Money. Yeah. He was so nice to her, even when he was, he was getting slated by her. Yes. I would he, argue he that it, it doesn't well. make him look good at all, because then when he buys her a present that he can actually afford, like it looks like... Oh, she's still giving an ashtray. He's okay. He's okay. Uh, we go to the dress shop, and uh, they, they must have got their money's worth, because we're they're singing songs of love, but what not for me. What an awful thing to do. They'll, this is, like, I know you're into me. Come help me buy the dress for the man who I marry, who, by the way, ain't you. Yeah. What the actual hell? Uh, because she wants him. Speaking of what the actual hell, we've got the dresses. A bit of meringue. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. Drop a, was this like a bralette dress? What was it this? It was like a bra and trousers. With yeah. Like a little just, wouldn't thing. it be wonderful? I'm going, no. I liked it. <laughs> <Would> it? <laughs> no. Uh, the little Bo Peep dress. That was cool. Which I think is one of the best jokes in the thing. That was funny. Look, if you find a staff, it'd be great for looking after sheep. <laughs> yeah. Just don't be rude. Which is one of the best lines I think she does in the whole movie. And you can't see her while she's saying it. And then this weird seafoam thing, which doesn't look like it should be in a wedding shop at all. It's like a weird, like, Ariel just come out of the water. It was, it was mermaid-esque, yeah, but it yeah. wasn't like, yeah. it didn't look like a wedding dress. No, no, no. no. It looked like it looked very cheap as well. But they it. decide not to do it because there's nothing more off-putting than a priest with a giant erection. So, <laughs> and they go to the cafe, and she goes, "Well, look, you know." He goes, "You can you can be faithful to one person." He goes, "She goes, well, I've told him he has to be." So I guess yeah. Once we're married, yes. But just like what? <laughs> no, you can see this is not destined to do well. No, exactly. And they go, "Well, what is a good run these days?" And she goes through her list and gets to thirty-three. I'll say this: she this is the best scene she does in the movie. I'll tell you her acting in this scene is, is, is excellent. And do you know how they, they turn it on its head here? Normally men would say how many they slept with yeah. and the women would go, not so many. But she's the exotic American. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's right? that difference that does this happen. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, and, who counts anyway? And lots of good jokes. I, I see, we were trying to have this conversation when it was going on. She doesn't know, no. She's going back over them and has remembered. So at least 33 might be the answer. Yeah. She says that there was a guy who fell asleep when they were having sex, and that was her first year in England. Funny joke, to which point <laughs> Hugh Grant apologizes yeah. on behalf of England. I like that. You know, he, uh, it's a, he's a little judgmental. when she. Oh, you're making a mistake now at 27. And I'm like, okay, guy. Um, she goes, well, less than Madonna, more than Princess Diana, I hope. And then we find out that he was, he thought he was 34. No, you're 32, which was lovely, by the way. In case you remember, 32 was lovely, which you have to say when you're well, face-to-face with a guy. Absolutely, yeah. Technically, um, he's 32 and 34, isn't he? Well, no, it's not. A, I think it's just about the order in which you slept with people. I think she had sex more than 32 times. Time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think only the first time counts. Yeah, but lots of people don't no, go back to someone they previously slept with like after a, sleeping with a new person. It's not like a boxing championship oh. where if one guy beats you, you get the belt and you get to win it back. I mean, it is. This is the order. <laughs> Maybe it is. It's how many guys have you slept with? Not the order. Not, you know, you don't get penalized for penalized. For second going it. So... She then says, how many have you had? To which point he goes, nowhere near that many and does not give his number. And I go, not cool, Hugh. No. Charles, if you're going to ask her for her exact number, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got to do likewise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he calls her out for not, for, he says, I wish I'd rang you. He goes, but you didn't ring me. And I'm like, yes, pay attention to this, Hugh. Mm-hmm. You're getting played. Yep. And he said, you, 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 you slept with me twice and then did not ring me. Okay. Was that, is that part of a deal? Because I believe you went up saying that she could resist it. She, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and he realizes he's late for David and says, I need your help. I don't know why he needs her help running to the movies to meet up with his brother. Maybe it's a... The excuse? Uh, excuse? Oh, is it cinema, yeah. is, is, is it? I think it's yeah. a cinema, yeah. I think, I think it's cinema. Um, at which point his brother signs, you're not my brother, you're just some git I once met, <laughs> and asks, what is it about penises that get such great wives? And he goes, oh, he says, and yeah, he goes, did you sleep with her? He goes, yeah. And he's going, oh, where's the wedding in Scotland? He goes, oh, and he goes, beautiful breasts. And with his sign language, Hugh has to go, oh, he says, Scotland's lovely, it's hilly. hilly. And does the same gesture. <laughs> and she goes, you should come too. <laughs> Um, and so that's it. And so he goes into the movie with his brother and then he's walking behind his brother. Yeah. And then it's like, forget it. Run it off. Runs away. His brother's deaf. Yeah. So unless you tapped him, it was like, I'm out. Cause there's no time. He just runs. So his brother thinks they're walking along to, 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 to the movie <laughs> until he turned around and went, what is this? Oh, no. Uh, we get a lovely scene. It's a confession where he confesses his love in the words of David Cassidy while he was still with the Partridge family. I think I love you. And she goes, it was very romantic. It's a nice little scene. It's a nice scene. He said, I practiced it a lot. I wanted to get it just right. He's so good. (laughs) He is, he is. Uh, We have that musical theme again. And then we, she says, you're lovely, but then walks away. And we smash cut to with rain. Wedding number three, Hamish and Carrie, uh, which is in October. Charles is late again. And I'll give him credit. Every wedding looked different from the other ones. So it's yeah. a nighttime wedding. Yeah. It's a bit yeah, rainy. Yeah. It's a cramped church as opposed to an open church. Everybody's standing, That's I think. It's, it's a parish church in the grounds of whatever castle it is yeah. that they're in. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, we get told uh, he comes in on the... If anyone knows any reason why they cannot be married, let them now declare it and enter Charles it's at this perfect point. perfect timing. Yep. If that's not the universe telling you. Yep. And when they say, I do, he goes, fuck it, it'll do. Fuck it, it'll do. Um, he says she looks beautiful. I don't think this is the best dress of the four. Hamish blanks him in the receiving line. Yes. Just no sells him. And, and Charles is trying to be, uh, let me phrase this. I'm trying to say Charles is trying to be a good guy. He's trying to be as good a guy as you can be when you've slept with the woman while she was engaged to you. Yeah. yeah. Why would you even go to the wedding? I don't know. But he got an invite, didn't he? But why he got an invite. Why, why did she put him in that why? situation? Yeah, why? She's, this is cruel. This it's, is cruel. It is. 
We go to the reception. Uh, there's lots we have Simon Cowell talking about this, but it's Brigadoon. It's bloody Brigadoon. Uh, Stay tuned for yes. more about that. More Brigadoon later. Uh, Gareth's speech, which you heard off the top, he wants to go to the wedding of someone who he really loves. Go forth and conjugate. Find husbands and wives so that all of us in our dotage may say, I was adored once too. Oh. Liam, do you recognize that last line? I do. That's the line I said. Yes, that's the line you said. Sir Andrew, <laughs> Did you remember that before I just asked you this? No. <laughs> <laughs> there may have been a conversation about, do we think Liam will get this or not? But you know, but you know when he said it, I went, oh, that do sound, oh, that's lovely, that. You have said this line on stage. I have, times. <laughs> and I went until you just said. I was so, like, the, so there's a link between you and Simon yay. Cattle. There you go. Um, Scarlett uh, wants to be invited to be married to Tom because he's asked everybody else. She just wants to be asked. It's cute. Yeah. Uh, Gareth tells him all to find spouses. We said that. Tom uh, tries to bump into this lady and tell her, you know, most people meet their future spouses at weddings. She goes, yes, I met my husband. He downs his whole drink. And we argue, is, is she breaking or does she find it amusing? She laughed. Uh, I'm I trying to figure out if it's in character where she knows, oh, it's cute. Look no. at me. She the laughed. second one is definitely oh he's cute that was yeah, a cute yeah, moment yeah yeah but the first one she but laughed. then the next scene she's walking with the priest it was like she, 30 years older than her i hope it's just the priest and that's not her husband she broke i love that lady she's funny um scarlet meets chester um who first says his name was red and he she goes which is an adorable opening she goes line. i always thought americans are going to be as dull as shit that's not a stereotype i've ever heard about americans you do know um, no. that was a, a gone with the wind reference right what scarlet o'hare but far less trouble it's got, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and the Rhett thing. He said his name was Red, not Rhett. Rhett, wasn't it? He said Red, because Red is like Scarlet. Scarlet. Um, I think. I, I might want to really listen to that. I read it as. Red. Oh, I thought yeah. it was And that's Red. the joke, is that we have the same name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where I thought that was the name of the lead character, the guy in Gone with the Wind. Interesting, interesting. Um, we're worth another look. Yeah. We'll do that at some point. Yeah. I knew a pair of siblings who both had ginger hair, and they were called Scarlet and Amber. There we go. Yeah. Um, then we re-enter Henrietta, and she's nowhere near the same. She's got a divine new boyfriend. Uh, she says, "We." Sh-, and he goes, maybe we should have got married. She goes, no, marrying you means marrying your friends, and Fiona hates me. Fiona loves you. Fiona calls me Duckface, <laughs> which was a nice little bit. Yeah, it was. And she looks really good, and she's confident. I don't begrudge Henrietta at any point to this point yet. I'm okay with Henrietta. I don't know. She walks up to, although it's not her fault, she walks up to Charles and then starts crying and then Charles gets berated for it, but she's the one that walked up to him. No, in the first so. one. In the first time we see her. Is the second time we this see is, her? Yeah, she's yeah, yeah, no, she up to this point. No, but this is her going up to him going, uh, she apologizes. Said oh, it was, I was terrible. No, she had a bad day. I can live with that. Now she's making it up yeah, and she okay. wants him to know we're okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. really sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm on board. We're okay. I got a boyfriend. I feel great about life. It's lovely to see you and kiss him on the cheek. Goes still cute and has. It's, it's a really it, it nice was, moment. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. 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 I'm just clouded. No matter by how it. she changes later. Yeah. yeah I'm just clouded yeah. by later. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then we get the reveal to Fiona that she, he really loves Carrie, but that Fiona really loves Charles. Oh, do you know what? This broke my heart. And it's a nice scene. And she's like, "There's no white trim anymore. It's black." It's Ugh. all black. There's no hints of anything. And so she's loved them since minute one. It's always been you. And I accepts her this. fate and goes, look, it's just not meant to be. I believe this so much. Yep. And I, I, I cried. Crystal Scott Thomas is a fantastic actress. She's brilliant. She is. I'd like to see more of her in this, but she could, there's not more for her to do. She doesn't really talk that much in it either. No, no. Because there's, there's not more for her to do because no. she's got this one sort of thing. Yeah. And if she was more talkative, it would suggest she's not as brooding as exactly. she is. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, it's brilliant this scene. Uh, then we find out that uh, Gareth is torturing 
Americans because he's promised some wedding guest that this woman that he knows, Oscar Wilde's, I can get you his fax number. <laughs> Oscar Wilde died in 1900. Uh, there's some unspoken silence between Charles and Fiona, and they're just staring at each other and still kind of lingering a bit. But then mm. Gareth comes in the back of a shot and dances, and that's what breaks them. And they have this, and they're friends. And yeah. she even said in her speech, friends is good. Friends is really good. Yeah, It's not what I want, but friends is good. Um, and, and, and you feel for, for Hugh because you want to make your friend feel better, but you can't be like, yeah, yeah, I love you because he doesn't. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, we go to the wedding speeches. Oh, if you want to hear more about the dancing, though, uh, definitely check out the interview with Simon Callow in a few yes. minutes. We get the wedding speeches, and there's a tender moment between Charles and Gareth, and he's struggling. She sends Charles kind of a message in her wedding speech. And he goes, someone told me if things didn't work out, I'll just let you know. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like you're yeah. using your wedding speech to kind of like yeah, flirt? Yeah. Come on. That's wrong. That is wrong. Uh, Hamish's speech is interrupted by the heart attack. And he goes, oh, is that some more rambling in the back? Something we politicians are used to. Ooh. I think this is so we're okay with what happens to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that things are gonna go things are gonna be badly for him. They give us a few things. Him him dissing Charles, who we're aligned to. So we're like, yeah. hey, you're dissing me. What are you doing? Yep. yep. So it's as, as a way for us to go. We don't like you, and therefore There's we're also okay. Thunderstorms over the title card for their wedding. Yeah, but thunderstorms. Oh yeah, but <laughs> thunderstorm also it gets reappropriated in the second half of the movie and they to talk mean about good things. Lightning in a bottle okay. and everything. That's and not yeah, but yeah, but so it's weird. Yeah. So plus it's Scotland and it rains a lot in Scotland, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Uh, Gareth, uh, Gareth dies. And listen again to the interview. There's lots of stuff about the scene in there. Do you know what I love also when Hugh is, uh, Hugh, Charles is walking through. Yep. I'm trying to find Matthew. Matthew. Matthew's just smitten with the, with the singing away yeah. and doing everything jolly and all that. And then he turns and looks at him. That's that look he yep. gives him. It's, it's really, John Hannah's very good. Oh, this. so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, for they are jolly good fellows. Yeah. Can we get more middle class than this? I know, right? <laughs> this is upper middle class nonsense. Yep. It's like, it's the most like, I don't know, unexciting way to celebrate, you know. <laughs> I, I want the first one, Crocodile Rock and the dancing and all that <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, I want yeah. that wedding back. This yes, is so tame. It is. Uh, we go to the funeral and it's an industrial state and it's dark and it's blue and it's poorly lit. Carrie is there, not Hamish. Mm-hmm. And how you know how dressed she is. Yeah. If she- someone died at my wedding, I think I'm going to show up. Yeah. And you know who else was there? The other two couples who we saw get married. Yes. So yeah, the yeah, only yeah. one missing is Hamish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, sets us up so we're okay with it. Him. Does. He doesn't get it. Uh, Fiona is ironically wearing more color hair than at the weddings. <laughs> she got this blue sort of coat. She does. John Hanna wins the scene. Oh, uh, he Hannah. recites oh, yeah. that Amazing. speech. He recites Funeral Blues by W.H. Auden, which is a lovely poem. And actually, at my own, I think I'd be well up for that. Yeah. Oh. Uh, such a counterpoint to Gareth's. Um, to Gareth's delivery of things, like he wins the scene in a very different way. He's that strong, quiet. And did you feel purpose? Did you feel the parents like knew, right? Of course they did. And but the mother was okay with it, but the father wasn't. We don't. Yeah, there was some great shots yeah, of the so dad in the background, kind of looking. Wasn't, yeah, wasn't there? And it's you know he's introduced as his closest friend as well because we're still in a church. It's yeah. still 1994. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, and you feel the loss in this group. The group feels different for Gareth being away, which we do talk to Simon Callow about because he's a large presence. Isn't yes, he? and so you can't just remove him and go. It's the same. It's a different kind of energy. Yeah, a much a much more mellow kind of energy, but still there. But you feel the movie's different for his absence. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, a great story about Duck a la Banana. <laughs> There's isolated close-ups of a few people who we didn't meet in the movie. And I think that's important because it shows that Gareth was this way every day, everywhere, in the places that we don't get to see. There's still close-ups yeah. on people who are nodding, going, yeah, that's Gareth. And it showed you every aspect of his life. Every aspect, yeah. You know, Young you- people, old people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this is a scene that I let some, some, some <laughs> I, I'm being facetious, but, you know, it was a very white movie. And yeah. we saw some non-white faces in this scene, yeah. which was good. Yeah. Um, and I was crying. It's it's it, it's a powerful scene. The poem gets yeah. me every time. Whenever I have to, yeah. te- I used to, have to teach this poem, and I would use this. I would use oh, that clip. So good. Yeah, his delivery is great as well. His delivery, oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fiona takes care of Scarlett. It's a lovely moment. Oh yeah. And Scarlett does so much about saying a word in this scene. Like she doesn't say anything, but she's broken. Uh, Carrie tells Charles that she. I liked what you said in the street. Yeah. <laughs> Just. And I like that it was you saying it. You know what, Carrie? Like, you're like three days away from being married. Like, what is this? Well, actually, it takes a little bit longer in this country to do funerals for some reason. So probably a week and a half. It wasn't long, though, because he commented on how she should be on honeymoon. Shortest honeymoon in history, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charles and Tom have a moment. And it was nice to give Tom some stuff. Tom says he's never actually felt absolute Thunderbolt love. And they talk about how Gareth and Matthew were essentially married amongst them. Um, and Charles finds that Tom's 100% certain he'll always get married. I hope when I have kids, you know, I go before them. And he goes, how do you always know? And he goes, well, I'm not really a romantic. I just hope I find some girl I like the look of, hope the look of me doesn't make her physically sick. And then we go ahead and, you know, you think end up together. It doesn't, it doesn't work. For, it worked for my parents until they had divorced. Do you think most people, yeah, I know, but there was kind of the truth there. Because no, this is the thing where you go, movies tell us one thing. And he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with you finding a bit more practical version of this yeah no but i know know so many people that have got married because that was the first person that came along the first person and you're like really why why settle but yeah oh because who who are you siding with then you're siding with with hugh or you're siding with tom um hugh okay yeah yeah, yeah. tell you what because hugh gets swayed by this because then literally we go from this shot to charles and blank yeah yeah you know just what don't look for the sneaky sneaky e in that name Sneaky E in that name? Or an I, sorry. On the title card. Oh, does it pop up? There's, okay. a, there's a rose or something over the name, but there's uh, a little okay. I showing through, and I'm like, is it Carrie? Is it Henrietta? Oh, okay. Um, and so we cut to the alarm clock, and then more alarm clocks. I thought, I first thought this, guy, this could be a dream, or it's the opening of Back to the Future, yeah. episode one. And Charles and who we do we know, and great wedding hairstyle, which we get as a Tom says, that's a great wedding hairstyle. Yeah. It's a nice callback to the start back, of the movie. Yeah. Matthew is the best man, which is nice, and they're all wearing waistcoats that belong to That's, Gareth. That was nice. Uh, we get told it's 9.45, 45 minutes till I do. It's all a joke. They rush to the church. It's really only 8.50 after Scarlett got changed in what she said would have been 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they're driving, like, super unsafe, too, to get it, there. It's just, and it's like, you've got, like, an hour and 10 no, minutes now. Yeah, but they do know it's a joke. Oh, of course they? it's a, a joke. Prank. But, like, the driving, I'm like, I probably still would have driven safely to church. <laughs> if you crash, oh, it's no, it's okay. We're doing a funny <laughs> joke for our friend. And you couldn't do this now because everybody would have phones that would save a time. They would. Yeah. Like, how many devices do you have? in your house at any point that can tell you what time it is absolutely yeah um and so there's a flower crown being prepared we don't know for who and again we're showing you we're showing it moving and we don't know who it is yet and fiona makes a speech she's in color and she gives a speech to charles and Duckface, which was nice i liked it the crown is placed on fiona's head and at this point they're like make sure the audience doesn't like fiona because we need the movie to be okay yeah. with how this ends sorry henrietta because we need yeah. the movie to be okay with how it ends for henrietta exactly uh, and she's like, yes, it does work, doesn't it? 
And she looks bats, confidently in the mirror. Bats, bats, bats the hand away. Uh, yeah. Oh. Wedding number four, Charles and Henrietta. And John is back, and apparently he's Henrietta's brother, in case we need another reason to dislike Henrietta. Yeah. <laughs> we thought it was really strange. And do a stag do? Oh, we did. We did. We didn't think it would be appropriate in this day and age. <laughs> That's clever. Uh, Fiona's going to wear all the colors of the rainbow and fall in love with someone who fancies with her for a change. Uh, Scarlet reunites with Chester. In the background, we have Angus and Laura. That's funny. Uh, Tom meets cousin Deirdre, who's only very distant, but he's like, Thunderbolt City. Yeah. I guess that's good enough. So did you... Oh, yeah. So so when you think, right, he was ready to settle with whoever. Who? Um, Tom. He wasn't expecting... He was just... But, yeah, he was looking for anybody, but he gets what he, he gets. He gets. he gets that Thunderbolt whereas moment. Whereas, he's doing the opposite. He's doing the opposite. Yeah, yeah you're right. See? You're right. Uh, and so uh, Bernard is exhausted, which yeah. I guess is just, there's no kids. No. They're just having too much sex. Actually, this, no, this can't be a shotgun wedding. No. Because we see no them here without kids. kids. Yeah. Angus and Laura have kids. Oh. So it can't be a shotgun wedding. No. They just decided, yeah, this is working. <laughs> lock it lock it up. Um, Three months, though. I know, I know. Not even to the engagement, to the wedding. Well, speaking of <sighs> the wedding, Carrie shows up to the wedding. Oh, I don't know. I guess she was invited. Uh, but messes with Charles on his wedding day. Yeah. She's separated. She's does this awesome. one-on-one. Um, Again, you know, did you see what she was wearing? She weren't dressed up for it. No, she was very, she was very dressed very down. Yeah. Dressed down. She said, you left him, we left each other. He asks why we didn't get in touch, and then they go skulk around in a nave. I think it's a nave. Um, they talk about how her timing's all wrong. This is not the conversation you should be having 10 minutes before you get married. No. It's not our timing's wrong. That suggests, man, I wish this could have worked out between us. No, you should be like, I'm totally sick. It's for the best, because I've got Henrietta, and I'm so in love. A lot earlier, yeah. if she hadn't been dallying about. Yep. Uh, and the whole time, the love theme is going, do, 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 do. Like, please want them to end up together because it's where the movie's going. Oh, she was, she and I'm like, me. anyone in the planet mind that's like going, stop the music. No, no um, singing. Yes. Uh, she goes, it's pretty easy. Just say I do whenever someone asks you a question, which is nicely set up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie needs a moment. He goes into another nave and apologizes to God for what he's about to say in this magnificent place of worship, which is bugger, bugger, bugger. bugger that's great. Enter the priest, who's really quite chill. It and he goes, I do the same thing. Vocal exercises, big church. He goes, oh, I do the same thing. Rather more hallelujahs, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Am I right or am I right? <laughs> Charles needs, uh, sorry, Matthew finds him and Charles is panicking. We get some shallow depth of field to show the distance between what Matthew had and what Charles has. Yeah, because they're about love and the, like Matthew's in, in, in blurry behind them. So we see that it's not the same thing that they're, that they're going for here. No, no, no. Uh, and then uh, they go back. They find David, and David finally gets him to say with his hands what his mouth can't, I guess, which is, you know, Carrie's here. I, I, I like this bit. I like, I like that his brother's trying to save him here. And he goes, I've, he got, has no other way out. I've got three solutions. Number one, you marry her. He goes, don't like that. Yeah. Number two, you go out and say, wedding's off. He goes, don't like that. You got a third? He goes, I don't have a third. I lied. <laughs> and the priest says, ready to face the enemy, which is like, whoo. Bad not timing, wrong. dude. Bad timing. And we go to the wedding, and when it opens, we get, here comes the bride, but the organ sounds so big, it's almost oppressive. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like it's like really yeah. It's slightly like heavy. It's, it's, it's kind of like yeah. the heaviness of the organ in Dead Man's Chest and whatever from the Harry Potter, not Harry Potter, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and where he plays in, the organ in, in, in like like Dracula when they yeah, yeah you know. It's and it's, it's a really big close up on her oh. too, so she looks like menacing as she comes yeah, towards. And she's yeah. so confident, and her father goes it's to help her, and she's like, like confident. It's like resting bitch face. Yeah, confidence. and she's like, not awful. not so hard, Dad. And you're like, okay, I'm okay with this girl not getting everything working out for her in her life. Uh, and then uh, we get 
Um, she's smug, and then they're very careful not to shoot Charles and Henrietta in any two shots. Yeah, Charles is always off to the side of the shot, and we're not going to show Henrietta. And then it's speak now, forever hold your peace, and we get yeah, David knocking the brother. I've seen if Pip was going to bark. <laughs> he just lifted his head up, looked, and went no, and went back to sleep. <laughs> um, and then David says, "I think the groom is having doubts because he wants Charles to translate." He goes, "I think I thought of a third option." Yeah. translate for me i think the groom is having doubts i think the groom would like the delay i think the groom's in love with somebody else and the priest's like do you do you love someone else do you charles and he was paying attention you answer every question with i do i do and here and henrietta punches him in the face and she's restrained by her father as the camera does a really nice move where it sort of pans Clever. sort of zooms out Good. and rotates around it's nice and later that day it's storming and tom's like wow a lot of weddings kind of fade into each other this is one they won't forget. And and Fiona's like, you're an idiot. But she goes, poor girl. And she goes, no, no, poor girl. I don't like duck face. But what she did was unforgivable. And Tom says, but yeah, but if he didn't know, if today of all days is wedding day, he doesn't know if he wants to marry her. And that's the right call. Exactly. At which point you're like, good point, Tom. Yep. Yeah. So I, would, I would rather yeah, but know. Ouch. Oh, it, it's it awful, sucks. But, but it's better than, know yeah. then, than know three days later. Yeah. And have to then be like, great brilliant david says he blames himself and charles out the green no no don't blame yourself and charles signs back they all blame you too yeah <laughs> there's a ring at the door and it's carrie and they stand by the door and they talk and he's not wet at all and she <laughs> runs into the street he goes no no let me let me come with you and then literally two seconds later he is i'm sorry Soaked. i'm gonna use the word we used from uh from point break he is sopping wet sopping wet yeah. he is he is drenched through and through he this is. was not two seconds in the rain no which has been parodied beautifully if you go on youtube and look up um oh what's his name i always forget his name the little guy his late night talk show Oh, James Corden. No, the little guy over here. He's got a beard. Oh, Graham Norton. Graham Norton. Oh, he's not little. He, he's he's little? totally little. Is he? Yes. Googling that. You do that. <laughs> um, and so he's drenched. And so um, he goes, I'm convinced I'm not meant for marriage, but I know the person I utterly and truly love was not the person opposite me in the church, but rather the person opposite me now in the rain. Towards what Andy McDowell with all the acting goes, oh, is it raining? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> Still raining. They agree not to get married for the rest of their lives. They say, I do. And a thunderbolt happens as they kiss in the rain. I love rain. And we have an epilogue going to the chapel. And, we're, and we have Henrietta marries a soldier. David marries Serena. Scarlet marries Chester. And she wears a cowboy hat. Tom and Deirdre get married in this giant house. And they have a dog. And uh, Fiona marries Prince Charles. Uh, Deirdre <laughs> is wearing the little Bo Peep dress, it looks like. Funny. And Charles carries and a child and then that song plays and that song is wet 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 love is all around it's very jarring though it goes from oh it's going to the they like a verse in one chorus and that's oh. it um i think ellie has information on graham norton go ahead i do he's only five foot eight so he is quite little the little guy i'm 100 percent right wow. ian is always i need a button that goes ian is always <laughs> right well then do you think that's because he's on the stage then that they i think they perch him but no he's yeah. definitely small i didn't realize he was that small yeah Richard mm-hmm. Curtis approached Wet 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 about recording a cover song for the soundtrack of the film. They got to choose between three songs. Ooh. The first one being Love Is All oh, Around. Yeah. The other two was I Will Survive, Ooh. which the wedding band played. Yeah. And the third one was I Can't Smile Without You. So can't they chose smile. Love Is All Around because they felt they could make it their own. It was number one for 15 consecutive weeks. Uh, almost hitting 16. 16 was... 
uh, Brian Adams. Everything I do, I do it for you, you from the Robin Hood Prince of and Thieves. And that would have gone Sandra. on to beat Brian Adams. Yeah, and Frankie Lane, who did I Believe, which was 18 weeks in the 1950s. Yeah, but that was um, separately. So he'd got to number one. Oh, so it was 18 consecutive weeks. So it was 18 weeks. 18 weeks okay, all together. Because he came off like for two weeks and then yep. went back to number one again. Yeah. But consecutively, Brian Adams, Brian Adams? Was 16. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and you told me that they pulled, they purposely pulled it off the shelves. Yeah, my pillow had it pulled off the shelves because he didn't want it becoming this big, huge thing because he didn't write the song. I'll tell you what, he's got no problem selling best of albums that have lovers all around. No, I know that's funny how in yeah. hindsight, by the time artistically, he <laughs> was guess. like, "That's not my song." You know, I'm not getting royalties. Which we talked about actually when we did the Shang Shang Li Shang Shang Chi Chi Shang Chi Shang Sorry, um, episode where it was like Aerosmith also did, had the same sort of thing where they didn't get a number one single until they had someone else write it for them and then they got the number one. With yeah. I don't want to miss a thing. Uh, 1.91 million singles sold. It was the UK. It is the UK's top selling love ballad of all time. Yeah. Physical and digital sales combined. Yeah, it would have been. It went to number one in Australia, Austria, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Europe overall, Iceland, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Scotland by itself, Sweden, and the UK going to number 17 in Canada, number 41 in the US. Wow. And it was the top song of the year in Australia, Belgium, New Zealand, the UK, and Europe overall. Yeah, I loved it. I bought it. <laughs> so what we're going to do now is we are going to go ahead and throw you right now. We've been promoing it all, all episode long. We are going to go ahead and throw you to the Simon Callow interview. We talk about this, his start in, uh, oh, really in, in, yeah, in acting. In acting, yeah. Uh, we talk a great deal about forwards in a funeral. We touch on some other stuff he's done in his career. It's definitely something you want to hit. So we'll throw to that right now. All right, so we are beyond excited today to have a little bit of a chance to talk to Simon Callow. Uh, Simon made his feature film debut in the 1984 Academy Award winner for Best Picture for Amadeus. Not a bad way to start things no, off. Pretty good. Repeated that 14 years later with another film that I love, Shakespeare in Love, played, I believe, the master of the revels. Um, he's written about and played Charles Dickens extensively throughout his life, including playing Dickens in Doctor Who not once, but twice, yes. opposite two different doctors uh that would be eccleston and matt smith more recently he's been on netflix's the witcher he's directed plays musicals that's my fair lady for those amongst others i'm sure uh keeping track at home operas while writing biographies of oscar wilde and orson wells and in 2011 was made an officer of the order of the british empire quite simply today the bfe welcomes a legend of the creative life of stage and screens both big and small we are beyond privileged to Say hello to Mr. Simon Callow. Mr. Callow, how are you today, sir? I'm marvellous, but I'm mortified that you think I'm merely an officer of the British Empire. I'm, in fact, a commander. Oh, my word. I even did my research and went, how do I I not mess this up? A commander of the British Empire. I stand corrected. Uh, Just really quick off the cuff, just doing some basic research. Is it true you got your start in the theatre by writing a fan letter to Sir Lawrence Olivier? No, absolutely true, yes. Wow. wow. Uh, um, I'd uh, gone to the the National Theatre at the Old Vic a lot as a, as a, as a schoolboy and as a theatre-obsessed schoolboy. And uh, one day I was um, 
uh, in the foyer. I I started working in a bookshop by now because I was certain that I didn't want to go to university. I just wanted to do something interesting with my life, but absolutely had no idea what that might be. So uh, I was at the National Theatre and I was thinking what a wonderful organisation it was because absolutely everybody there clearly loved the the work that was going on on the stage. So everybody who was working in the theatre felt that they were part of something big in their life. And I thought that would be rather nice. Anyway, with that thought in the back of my mind, I sat down and typed out three fool's cap page letter to Sir Laurence Olivier explaining to him what a wonderful theatre he was running. And um, he wrote back by return of post and said, if you like it so much, why don't you come and work here? There's a job in the box office. And so I came and got my job in the box office, That's which was absolutely sensational place to be, you know, because I, I was in daily contact with all these great artists, Maggie Smith and children like De- Derek Jacobi and Michael Gambon and so on, who were sort of just making their first uh, steps on the stage. And uh, I, I learned what something of what, making theatre is about, because I sneaked into rehearsals, you know, <laughs> and, and instead of lots of people wearing uh, silk dressing gowns and smoking cigarettes out of long holders, as I thought it would be, there were people sitting around in a, a, a circle going, I have no idea how to make this scene work. I just cannot <laughs> make it work. What an insight. And so I thought, this is great. This is this sounds like a very good job, this solving these problems. But um, I, I didn't know how to go about it at all. And so I went away to university uh, uh, thinking that I would learn how to act there. But what I learned was even more valuable. I learned that I couldn't act for toffee. And so um, I decided to go to drama school. So I left university after a year, spent another year in the box office of the Aldwych Theatre, where the Royal Shakespeare Company then was selling tickets for the very young Judy Dench and so on, and then went to drama school. And uh, um, the rest is... um, a matter of record. <laughs> <laughs> well put. That is absolutely sensational. Yeah, absolutely. With such a, a long and storied career and everything being a matter of record, a, a quick question. As someone whose first introduction as, as a Canadian was actually through forwardings in a funeral, the question is, is this the thing that you are stopped by people the most on the street about? Is this the thing that, that, that the, the, the average um, member of the public recognizes you, 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 you the most from? Anywhere except in England. Okay. Uh, in, in England, I'm, 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 I'm sort of recognised for a, a comedy series called A Chance in a Million, which I did in 1984. It had three series, and it was a wonderfully funny and very eccentric comedy. And a lot of people in this country remember me very well for that. But, um, but, it, but, but on the whole, yes, Forwardings and Funeral, because of the wonder of DVD, because... <laughs> People can just pull it out whenever they're feeling a bit depressed. They watch Four Weddings and a Funeral still, I think. I don't know whether it's quite uh, reaching the younger people now. I mean, uh, kids growing up, but certainly for at least 20 years after the film came out, it was a a, a staple in everybody's um, DVD watching frequently i mean there are people who've seen this film 40 and 50 times i myself have seen it twice <laughs> both of which i enjoyed very much i must say it is a very good movie um although the film in, in filming according to my research said it was 36 days long yep were you aware at the time you were making four weddings that there was something magic about this film oh absolutely it's, it's in the script i mean <laughs> it's just the most wonderful wonderful script uh, anybody could see that and uh, I, I, in fact, was cast in it 
in the original version. In fact, I think I was the first person to be cast. In fact, I know I was. Uh, I have a, a copy of the script signed by the producer, Duncan Kenworthy, who said you were the first person to be cast and uh, you brought us good luck. So uh, uh, that makes me happy. Uh, but then it fell through. It fell through that uh, uh, version of the film. And a few months later, we came back with a different cast, uh, except for me. I was still there. And, uh, uh, but Hugh Grant had by now uh, um, got the leading part and uh, um, 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 the, uh, the wonderful um, name eludes me just for two seconds, um, the leading lady. Um, oh, Andy McDowell. There you are, the wonderful and beautiful and charming and and immensely gifted uh, Amy uh, uh, McDowell, and uh, was now Andy McDowell was now is now playing the leading part, and a, a galaxy of enchanting other actors, uh, um, including a more or less unknown called John Hanna, who uh, uh, was to, to play my my boyfriend in the film, and uh, um, some wonderful veteran actors, absolutely fantastic. It's a, a phenomenal piece of casting for Weddings and a Funeral. So everything was going for it. Great script, great uh, 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 group of actors, um, fantastic cinematographers, and a wonderful, wonderful director, Mike Newell, who is a great big shout of a man who uh, 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 creates a wonderful atmosphere of... Um, high spirits and uh, recklessness and uh, uh, um, uh, it's it's very an awful lot of the film is is inspired by mike's uh, sense of vitality and joie de, de vivre and uh, um, and good taste too um also uh, it's an all star cast and you're a big standout in this movie what drew you to the part of gareth <laughs> Because it's a great, great part. It looks it is, so yeah. fun to play. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I, everything about it. I mean, it was not, not only was it, was he an ebullient and, 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 and life-loving figure, uh, but also, and it was, this was important for me, um, he was a gay man who was by no means stereotypical, mm. uh, who was shown in the film to be having a loving relationship uh, with his partner, uh, his long-term partner, who in fact is referred to uh, rather wonderfully by Hugh Grant's character after the funeral. He says, well, look, we all, you know, we go around these weddings and we're always looking for this perfect partner. And, and, and we, f- we failed to notice that right in our midst was a marriage, a mm. true marriage. And those, those are very radical sentiments for 1990, whatever it was, four, five. Oh, yeah. And, uh, um, uh, 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 and the final thing, which seemed to me terrifically important, was that uh, he was a gay man who died, but not of AIDS. And uh, mm, yes. it was a time of great uh, somberness uh, uh, surrounding AIDS, quite rightly, and some pretty grim films like uh, Philadelphia and so on, which had uh, uh, it seemed somehow to indelibly link gay men, particularly with the idea of disease. And uh, I was thrilled that uh, Gareth died um, not at all of AIDS, but of Scottish dancing. <laughs> uh, I've always thought of the film as uh, uh, um, a government health warning against the perils of Scottish dancing. In fact, I myself very nearly died on the 14th take of that reel. <laughs> um, the character of Gareth overall, such a huge personality, uh, more than just being so very fat and so very rude. Uh, 
I think he's just a man who loves and feels emotions in a big way so much that when he disappears, like the film, you feel that absence. Oh, you so do. And it's not in the way that the, I mean, the film isn't worse for it, not to imply that by any means it gets better once you leave. But <laughs> but it does. even the way the cast interacts with each other is so well done. So how did you approach creating this character in a way that, because we see in, in even in the opening sequence, there's a lovely little micro scene where um, Gareth is making breakfast yes yeah for, for david and and it's it, it's this it's, it's completely the opposite of what we see in the rest like, almost like at home there's a different gareth it's a different side yeah. yes there's the big loud bordering on vulgar gareth but there's also the poignancy you spoke about of the heart how do you go about creating something because this could have been in the hands of a lesser actor a lesser director a lesser writer been a caricature so how mm. do you go about creating something so multifaceted yeah i mean uh, obviously t- to me he felt like a very real person, but I, I, and I hope this won't sound pretentious, what I'm about to say, but I thought, and I said indeed to Mike and, and whoever else wanted to listen, that um, uh, I could, there's two ways to go with him. You could play him like Dionysos, a celebrant of all that is good and rich and full in life, but in a godlike way. Or you could play him like Silenus, that figure that you see in many Renaissance uh, paintings of the pagan world, who is just a great, big, fat, old drunk. So you could go (laughs) one way or the other. And I chose the godlike route. Um, I wanted him to be splendid. I mean... (laughs) a splendid fellow and, 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 you know, to touch people's lives in wonderful ways. Uh, It it was a choice. I mean, I I might not have been able to do it. If you see what I mean, that's quite a sort of challenging thing, but I always felt an infusion of great joy and benevolence and celebration in him all the time. And I, I really emphasized that and went for that, you know? Yeah. It seems strange, obviously, because you do a lot of Dickens work, but it, that description just reminds me straight away of, like, the ghost of, what was it, is it Future? Yeah, the, the, no, the Christmas jolly present. one. Christmas present, Christmas that's present, one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that just reminds yeah, yeah. me so much of, yes, yes. of that that's sort right. of a character. Exactly. Especially, I'm a... afraid to say it, the Muppets version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has a lot in common with um, Sir John Falstaff as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I played him. Too. Uh, uh, uh. So John Falstaff is different because he's an aristocrat. And what's, what, one of the most interesting things in the film is that uh, when he dies, the funeral takes place near where he was born, and you discover that he was born on an industrial estate. Yes, very yeah. much so. And, um, you know, uh, as it happens, that wasn't in the screenplay. So uh, uh, they, they just had the inspiration. And so uh, when the designer, production designer, came to visit us when we were rehearsing, and he said, oh, by the way, would you like to see where your funeral takes place? I said, yes. And they showed me. And I, I said, but this kind of changes everything. Because he wasn't, as, as, as you might have thought, a very posh person from a rather grand background, mm-hmm. a rich background. He was, in fact, someone who'd made himself completely. He'd invented himself. He'd created this joyous presence. And that was, you know... Uh, as they say in America, a life choice and and <laughs> and uh, and and a very good one too. Mm-hmm. I had something now; I just lost it. <laughs> um, I'm often congratulated, by the way, on the funeral. Um, I point out that I wasn't there. <laughs> 
the funny thing is, me and Ian were talking um, off mic just um, half hour ago, and we were saying about how when we talk about the love story in this film, yours jump out the most and is most poignant. Oh. Did, did you know this was going to be the fact when you was playing Gareth? Because for me, I think you came across as very big-hearted, very um, poignant for for the love story. Because my, didn't, my focus wasn't on Andy McDowell and Hugh Grant. It was more <laughs> like you, you and John Hanna. I, I, oh. If I can jump on board with that, I think it's just like what Hugh Grant says in the screenplay where we all were thought, and you think at first, even as the audience, you're watching this group of singles, and then yeah. we realize just as, as just as, as they do, there was this perfect couple, this this better love story, mm. arguably, you know, hiding underneath all their midst, well, and then we see that, what happens when that's met with grief as opposed to that newness of coming together? Yeah. There's something that may be of interest to you is that, uh, uh, the, the opening sequence of Gareth and Matthew, as we shot it, was much longer. It was that we, you come across them first in bed together, and then there are just sort of the getting up and the, and the sort of ordinary uh, domestic things. Um, but they made a decision in the editing that it would be better for it to, so to speak, creep up on the audience mm-hmm. that Gareth and Matthew were uh, uh, A, gay, and B, a couple. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it, uh, I think that was a very good choice. Um, but also some of the most tender writing in the film, because in, in truth, in the rest of the film, except for Hugh and Andy, um, there, there isn't a lot of um, uh, domestic tenderness. And, mm-hmm. and we, John and I, and John, it's fantastic. You know, we, as I say, he, he, was, he was quite uh, uh, new in the business. And... Uh, um, had certainly never played a gay man. I, I, I don't know how many gay men he knew, but anyway, he certainly never played a gay, gay man. And um, uh, he, he just instinctively, because he's a, an extraordinarily sweet man, John, really lovely and, and, and very um, sort of fiery as well, but, but, but deeply sweet. Um, we just seized every moment we could to exchange glances, to keep in touch with yeah. each other even when we didn't have any lines, because that's what really a relation, what, how you see a relationship, how you read a relationship. It's not by any means necessarily what they say to each other publicly. It's how you know that they're connected because of some symbiotic thing. And that was what we, I think without even discussing it, we just knew that would be the case. I, I was always looking for him in the crowd, you know, and uh, I think he was always looking for me, and that—that's part of what makes it poignant, uh, mm-hmm. uh, insofar as it is. Um, speaking of looking for people in the crowd, this is an excellent segue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you do say so, if I do say so myself. The first two weddings, I mean, there's, it, it's featured heavily with these cutaways to Gareth reacting to everything that's happening around him, whether it's the song where they're going to, you know, I can't smile without you, or or the, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the or, or, or the resounding gong or the clanging cymbal, all the way to Rowan Atkinson's um, delivery oh, yeah. of, of the wedding, or, or 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 the best man speech in that scene. So many. Cutaways cutaways where you get to be the punchline of the jokes that are sort of existing in front of us how much freedom did you have in sort of like how many takes are we talking were you just told to kind of go carte blanche with whatever the character would do in those situations especially with the, with the physicality or, or or was that a bit more specifically laid out no that was free oh. and uh, uh i just improvised whatever <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I, I imagine some of those scenes might take, I imagine several, several long goes at it in order to sort of keep, keep trying things or. Well, as you said, it was a very tight schedule. It was six, six day weeks. And we had a lot of funerals to get into that uh, um, and uh, traveling and all the rest of it. So we didn't hang around. Okay. On anything at all, I, I can't remember the. the uh, I mean, I, I, I joked about the Scottish dancing, but that was that scene was rather. Uh, that's something we had to keep doing, unfortunately, and it, it is a, a viciously uh, tiring dance that because uh, of all the leaping in the air. I mean, I, I really was. I mean, completely knackered at the end of it, and uh, um, uh, unfortunately, we did go on to shoot my death scene immediately afterwards, so I could sort of relate to that death would be a release <laughs> rather than having to do the Scottish dancing again. And, uh, but I spoke to the nurse on the set and we got very precise, uh, um, you know, uh, 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 guidance about uh, what a heart attack is like. Uh, and uh, I've been congratulated by doctors on my death in that. So I'm very satisfied that the nurse didn't lie to me. Excellent. Um, was 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 the film shot sequentially? So when 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 your character dies, is that is that a wrap on you, or or was it a little bit more um, disparate? I think it was more disparate. Yes, um, I can't remember now. I, all I do remember is that I knew that this death was coming all day, and I, I, I've I've died a great deal on screen. Um, there seems to be no limit to the appetite of the British public for <laughs> seeing me die. And um, uh, so I, uh, um, I, I, I really, it, 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 I woke up with it, you know, knowing that I was going to die uh, that day. And it really did. So I had to really fight against it when we were doing the Scottish reels and all of that. Of course, that's the scene in which I uh, say uh, uh, it's Brigadoon, yeah. bloody brigadoon and I, I it is you know i have to say a source of great pride to me that i made that lineup myself hey that's great. what richard curtis actually wrote was it's macbeth bloody macbeth but it wasn't no it was brigadoon, <laughs> <laughs> brigadoon. And, and, all, and the bees were a satisfying uh sequence bloody brigadoon was in fact i i, I did in fact on one take say it was brigger bloody dune but I, <laughs> that probably wisely was dropped <laughs> um why do you think that four weddings and a funeral and we, we talked about dvd but i i think like a lot of films in the 90s you look back at them now and they've they're clearly dated the humor seems to be of a different time yeah i, I think four and a funeral has a timeless sort of appeal yeah, it to does. it and it i'm does, just yeah. you know i'm kind of going why, why why do you think that is it's because as with some of the best sitcoms uh the ones that don't date are the ones that take place in a sort of never-never land. Yeah. And Four Weddings and Funerals definitely takes place in the never-never land. Yeah. It's a sort of idealised version of all these weddings. And, yeah. and, and, and the band of friends is a lovely idea, but I think it's a bit more, I think it's rather, um, you know, um, um, more um, elaborate than, than those kind of friendships normally are. But... It's 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 a night it's a it's a dream of Britain in a way, uh, uh, and and uh, that of course immensely appealed to North American audiences. Yes. What 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 surprised me though was that I happened to be in Paris the weekend that it was released, and 
the, the, the cinema where not large cinema where where it, where it had its first outing in Paris, there were absolutely hundreds of people queuing round the block. Now, how that could be, I don't know. Wow. Uh, maybe it had been reviewed already. I don't know, but perhaps that explains it. But. Very few of us were famous in that film. I mean, Hugh obviously wasn't known. Um, yeah. Andy was sort of famous, but not enormously. And after that, none of the rest of us had any great track record in films. And um, uh, and yet there it was. So a little while later, uh, I was filming in... Uh, uh, I was actually directing a, um, a, 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 a musical in Tokyo. And there there were queues around the block as well. And then not long after that i was doing some filming in tahiti and there there were queues around the block you know all the men were standing there <laughs> wow. in, their, in their sarongs and uh, tattooed uh, <laughs> from head to foot and waiting to see four weddings and a funeral and i thought my goodness this this film really has the power of, of the f- films of uh, pre-sound films you know they yeah. seem seems to be universal in some extraordinary way certainly i don't think richard wrote it with that in mind. Uh, Certainly, uh, I I don't know what you would do to make a film uh, universal. Uh, It it just is if it tells its own truth and if it's funny and if it's picturesque. I mean, it it looked nice. Everybody, you know, dressing up in their, their, me and my kilt and everybody else in their tails and whatever at the weddings. uh, It had great charm, visual charm, but I'm still not quite sure. I don't think Richard is quite sure why it was and is such an... It's like Casablanca, you know. I'm afraid it's just chemistry. Casablanca could have been a perfectly ordinary B-movie, which is what it was intended to be. But for some marvellous reason, the combination of the actors, the witty script, and that tune, you know, uh, which is an old song that they dug up from somewhere or the other, um, the fundamental things apply as things go by. uh, um, And it Somehow, you know, it's like cooking, isn't it? You, you you put all the ingredients in and you just hope for the best. And, and sometimes it's absolutely superb and sometimes it ain't. <laughs> Lightning in a bowl. Captures yeah. the zeitgeist of the moment. It does. Um, just really briefly, uh, you've, uh, I've got to ask about Charles Dickens and, yeah. and your um, long and... and extensive uh, study and, and portrayal of Charles Dickens. What, what is it that, that, that appeals to you so much? As, as someone who, who on, in my day job is an English teacher and has to teach a Christmas carol every year, uh, what, what, what is it about Dickens that, that you find so appealing? M- many of the things that make Gareth so appealing to me. Generosity of spirit, uh, vitality, inventiveness, humor, um, and unlike Gareth, perhaps a very vivid uh, 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 understanding of the dark in Mm. human beings as well. Uh, But the genius of storytelling, absolutely sublime understanding of storytelling, the truly riotous comedy, um, the uh, passionate engagement with life, all of these things, which of course were true of Dickens in life and on the page. He was an extraordinary social reformer, uh, 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 um, um, an espouser of causes, which he didn't simply write about. He did uh, 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 something about them. Uh, he, he was on the, the committee, for example, for the improvement of cemeteries for the working class. Yeah. I mean, a more tedious job, it's almost impossible to imagine that he went there, you know, 
uh, week in and week out, giving his opinion. Uh, he, he founded with Baroness Burdett Coots a home for what were then called fallen women and uh, arranged uh, the, the whole philosophy of the house he uh, wrote down and embodied in a document so as the women were always protected. He made sure that they had some money to spend on themselves, which they could spend as they wanted to. There was no prescription about it. It was very unlike the usual Victorian treatment of people in uh, you know, charitable organizations. Mm. Uh, um, and uh, the whole plan was to uh, get them back into shape so as they could go to Australia and get married. Yeah. He, 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 he was, a, you know, it was all a plan. It was a brilliantly conceived plan, which I think uh, benefited many women. Was there any hesitancy then in taking um, that real life personality and then portraying it in something as juxtaposing as Doctor Who? I was extremely worried when they, my agent said, look, uh, there's an episode of Doctor Who featuring Charles Dickens. They want you to play Dickens. I said, oh, no way. No way. They'll just <laughs> send him up. They'll just make fun of him. I don't want to do that. And they, she said, I don't think they do. You better read the script. I read it and I, it was adapted by my great friend Mark Gatiss. And uh, it was simply wonderful. It was, it, he absolutely um, took Dickens on for what he is and was and um of course in the episode dickens saved the world against the whatever they called the gelfs or something <laughs> um and uh, uh but there's a wonderful wonderful scene when the doctor's just getting about to get back into tardis and uh with his lovely assistant and and dickens says to him um may may i ask you something you seem to know a great deal about an awful lot and the doctor says, of course, and he says, will I still be read? Oh. And the doctor says, yes. And Dickens says, how long for? Mm. And the doctor says, forever. Oh, and no. It's a great, it's it well me very much. Yeah. It's just wonderful. I mean, it's just wonderful writing. And um, we all, <laughs> Christopher Eccleston and, and uh, um, 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 and I were just absolutely. Uh, I mean, we, we, we had we had to stop and start again because we were both so moved. Right? I say, like, even you just doing that now has made me well up a yeah. little bit. And me, <laughs> yes. like, <I'm> yeah. <laughs> we got a little, gets little a, private gets bad, performance here. Yeah, he gets a bit of a bad rep yes. for being just someone who wrote a lot of words, and he he wasn't. Yeah. I in my uni course last year, I did. Um, a bit on Charles Dickens because we were doing like legends and those sorts of things of, of people not obviously false legends real people um, and it was just amazing to hear about everything that he did do uh, other than write because he, he told he yeah. told his stories he did all of these things and it was just he was quite an incredible man so yeah it was yeah. really Apart interesting from to else, hear. he was a great actor yes I mean, that's where he really started yeah actor. yeah he told his own no stories. no he didn't start he didn't oh, did start he uh, as an actor no uh, uh, on the contrary he, it came to him fairly late uh, oh. i mean yeah he started actually doing public performances mm. of his books in in his 40s and uh, um they were like rock concerts yeah they were i mean they <laughs> he played in huge huge theaters 2500 seats without any amplification and there he was just doing his solo performance playing all these characters wow. well the characters that the audience knew as well as he did yeah uh, 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 and they you know were, it was like frank sinatra 
singing I Did It My Way. You just have to hear the first couple of bars and yes. it's, it brings a round of applause. Uh, Dickens would just start a little bit of Mrs. Gamp and then they were already cheering. <laughs> uh, Ethan, do you want to go ahead and ask what we were talking about earlier? Uh, yeah, I had a couple, but the one that uh, we found uh, a little bit earlier when we were just uh, getting some notes up was we've seen a bit of news that you're uh, you're going to be in Hawkeye, the Disney Plus show. Is that... Uh, true or is that just a that is true around? there is oh, there's, very there's, exciting. there's nothing but truth in that remark <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i'm allowed to tell you who i'm playing or what i'm doing but uh, it is true i'm in it have you already filmed your stuff yet or is that still oh to yeah come? yeah i shot it in atlanta georgia in january wow oh. thus avoiding the lockdown very cleverly uh, yeah. <laughs> sun was shining and all the restaurants were open i'm sorry to rub it in but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is more Marvin, okay, and it has been Marvin, okay, spending uh, the past half hour with yourself. This is an absolute thrill. Absolute uh, I think pleasure. I mentioned it in an email. Uh, I lost my mom this past Christmas, and when I watch Four Weddings and a Funeral, and you're reacting on those wedding scenes, to the, I can still hear my mom's laughter in my <laughs> ears. And uh, the, the, the film as a result always has a very, very special place in my heart. It did before, and it does so even more now, and it has been the absolute a uh, thrill of quite some time to uh, spend this time with you. So a thousand thanks from us to you. Yeah, thank you so well, thank much. You. Thank, thank you. you all. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Take care. Thank you. And that was Simon Callow. Couldn't yeah, have been such a gentleman. more generous a with his time. <laughs> Incredibly intelligent, uh, passionate. The, the, the detail from... Yeah. I think I could have brought up anything over his career and the guy would have been yeah. that level of... Of, of of insight um i was just starstruck the entire time yeah um we if i'm gonna get corrected about dickens by anyone it's, it's, it's gonna be him that it's Simon oh, yeah. um yeah so you know he uh, gave us such an insight and he went in such in depth about stuff it's great I, I, the thing was he kept ans- answering my next question in the yeah, previous yeah. one I, went, <laughs> I can't ask what it was like when you when you discovered it was big because you just told me that yeah, yeah. uh just, just an insightful man and even like a little private performance of that I of say, that I'm moment still li- i'm still a little bit teary not from only from that but also from your obviously account of cj yeah and i'm actually a bit teary yeah so um no i really can hear my mom still she loved that scene and uh when i went ahead and pulled the trigger on this episode and thought maybe there's a chance yeah. but not really believing it but maybe there's a chance so thank you simon so yeah I, so I, don't, I don't know if you listen to this but, yeah. but, but 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 if you do uh you've you've made my year it's 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 it's, it's right there years. thank you uh, i can't wait because my sister i haven't told her yet <laughs> so i can't wait for her to find out that we have done uh this so i guess we should it's a shame ellie wasn't able to join yeah. us but schedules are what schedules are unfortunately but uh it was good that we were all able to uh to share something i was worried that ethan was frozen there but he was he was all right just kind of what all do you say right, a, right. a, a, a little starstruck buddy oh so starstruck like, <laughs> point was like, i don't know if it's because i'm i'm frozen or not but i was i had one or two questions and i'm glad i got like one of them to yeah know. yeah sorry but i kept looking for a hand and you and it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't there when i was looking so then again how could you look away from oh, I, from I simon callum i was in yeah. the entire time hearing every story you look yeah. so young <laughs> He? he does. He does. Yeah, actually, you think of him as Gareth, and you think of him now, you would not think it's been almost thirty years. No. Oh God, no. No. That's that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. 
And man, I'll tell you what, I've been told that I had a voice. This guy, oh. that's a voice. Oh. He could read, he could read proper, Charles like, Dickens to me. That's yeah. a proper classical actor's stage But voice. that's Michael it's, Gambon. It's, so it's Patrick lovely, Stewart. Yeah. It is that level, like that, that's an orator. You know what I mean? I yeah. love the story. I love the story from his own mouth about Laurence Olivier. Yeah, I, I came yeah. across that and thought, I, mean, I have how, to ask this. How cool was that? So we started at the very, very beginning, and we finished with Atlanta, Georgia in January. And we did indeed. So, and, and even wanted to know about Pippin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, that is... And that was Simon Callow. Yeah. I, I cannot believe that we... We're fortunate enough. Very fortunate. That he would spend some time with us. He was um, so lovely, though, wasn't he? Yeah, it is one of those things where you do kind of look around, and most of the time we see numbers, and they're very abstract. You go, okay, this number means this, and more yeah. more means more, better, better than less, but really, I've kind of you kind of just go, okay, I'm just doing the grind. And then you wake up and you go, we're about to talk to Simon Callow. I was really nervous. This was not, yeah, I, I, weird, yeah, I wasn't. He wasn't, I was. But you he, were half asleep, though, before we started. I was really tired, it might have helped. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know what, though? He put me at ease. He was just so yep. down to earth. He was so good, yeah. I think I'm getting to the oh, point. Such a lovely voice. I think I'm getting to the point where I'm okay speaking to people, like as far yeah. as like famous people, uh, people who are in the thing. Yeah, I think so. Well, good on you. Yeah, <laughs> didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. But he sent me a lovely message the next day and said he he had fun on the pod, and that's really great. So you know, um, thank you so a mil- much. Simon. Uh, if you thank listen, you. A, a, a million thank yous, Mister Callow. You yeah. are absolute gentleman. So yeah, yeah. felt ba- felt badly that Ellie couldn't couldn't make the, the recording. Our schedules couldn't uh, line up. But, um, yeah. It was very good. Next time, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but that's why Ethan appeared and then disappeared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he was talking about Zoom calls getting in the way. He had a horrible time there. So, uh, Ellie, oh. oh, there we go. Yeah, I'm here. I'm okay, here. excellent. <laughs> Um, so, let's talk about the end game now, shall we? So, uh, this, we need a random word, uh, Liam. Right. Originally, um, I'm not going to tell you my original random word because I'm going to give you a different one that I came up with. Okay. Because it's very poignant to me. It's not a word, it's a phrase. All right. <laughs> I, I was adored once too. I was adored once too. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. I'm so upset you didn't use mine, Liam. Well, no, Bonking. I'd use mine, wouldn't I? <laughs> so um i had strict orders not to use certain words yes uh, <laughs> that was it was nominated for two oscars best picture and best original screenplay and the, the script in this is so good it is the good. script is good richard Kurtz is good anyway. my issues with the with the, the lines have a problem with because you see hugh grant pull them off i think it's more the person who's saying them back to him i think yeah. uh, it won baftas for best film best direction best actor best supporting actress for Kristen scott thomas i believe best actor is hugh grant yeah uh Kristen scott thomas beat charlotte coleman who played scarlet in that category oh, i can see that she passed away tragically about uh five seven years after the release of this film oh yeah uh they think it was some sort of severe bronchial asthma thing Oh, yeah. she was so good. She's very, very good. Yeah, it, she it, brought, it, brought such an energy to it. Lost, lost too soon for sure. Yeah. Uh, Golden Globe Best Actor went to Hugh Grant, and it was the first British movie to win a Caesar, which is the French equivalent of the Oscar. It won Ooh. for Best Foreign Film and Best Original Screenplay. The script is good. Mm-hmm. The Money, $4.4 million. What do we think it made? Wow. Um, $78 million. Okay, Georgia. 102 And Ellie. 52. Georgia wins two hundred and forty-three wow. oh, million dollars. Wow. This thing was huge. I knew that was big. Yeah, but I was trying to do the math because of what you you said normally four times. The <laughs> early on, I know. Usually, yeah, it's, it's hard when you have these micro hits. That this is what like Fox Searchlight does a lot. They'll pick up a ton of these movies, distribute them for 
nothing yeah right and then if one of the hundred pay off you make you it, it funds the rest of them yeah, yeah, so yeah. each one's like a scratch and win uh grant's participation was a huge stumbling block early on because he asked for a five thousand pound raise over the thirty five thousand pound salary he was offered think about that 243 million dollars hugh grant made 40 grand wow the producers initially refused because the extremely tight budget according to the research i found the supporting cast members only made seventeen thousand five hundred apiece and Andy McDowell makes a quarter mil. Whoa. And then with her contract, she made three million at the end. Whoa. Now Hugh Grant makes up for this the yeah. rest of his career. Oh well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh Hugh Grant claims he only made fifteen thousand pounds. But it seems to be, people seem to be saying it's closer to 40. Oh, okay. Uh, Hugh Grant commented on the experience of making the film. He said that uh, uh, he was actually shooting something called An Awfully Big Adventure with the same director, Mike Newell, and even tinier budget. They were shooting in London, and they get back from brutal days in the sets, very long with no money, and the fax machines were saying how big the uh, Four Weddings was. Number five in America. Now number three. Now number one. And he's sitting there making nothing. <laughs> uh, but he said, here's an offer, Hugh, for Captain Blood, and they'll pay you $1 million. And he said, from that point on, Everything's different. Yeah. During an interview on the Howard Stern show, Hugh Grant said again, he thought Mike Newell was screwing this up. And it says, it for us to find out, of course, that making it grounded instead of lighthearted was the right approach, and it made the Absolutely. movie successful. Swear jar. How many times is the F-bomb word used in this movie? Um, 32. 32? Nah, more than that. 47. And Ellie? 50. Georgia again, 28 times. Wow. 15 in like the opening like five minutes. Yeah. And then say, yeah. quite sparse. Whose story is it? I mean, it's... Oh. Uh, See, you want to say that it's Charles's. Yeah, you do, but... In a low-key moment, I kind of want to say it's Matthew's. Because we find out Matthew... I don't know if I mentioned it in, in the thing. Ma- Matthew finds love again as well. Yeah, yeah. He does, yeah. yeah. So... I think we're led, we're led to believe it's Charles. Yeah, I mean, but there's a wonderful second love story underneath yeah. it, which we the talked about, which we talked about in, in, the, in the interview. It, it, it's the best love story. It's the best love story. It's yeah. the one the rest yeah. of us aspire to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, here's a question. The role of women? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Carrie is sex positive, but Charles kind of tells us she should feel a bit ashamed for her number. Yeah, Again, they spin bit, it yeah. on their head, don't they? Yeah. And she kind of goes, oh, yeah, there's a lot of rolling around in haystacks and those sorts of things. So she And she even goes but, more than Madonna, less than Princess Diana. Sorry, less than Madonna, more than Princess Diana, I hope. Why yeah. I hope? What would be yeah, wrong I, if... I don't get it. I don't, no, no, I don't. So there... I mean, it's, it's, it's tough in the 90s. It is. Early 90s still. You know, 94. Mm, yeah. Um, and she does get called a slut at the start as yeah. well. It's like her which, intro to her character. I do forgive her for in the sense that we know Fiona loves Charles. Yeah. So I'm willing to not forgive her. I give her a little bit of benefit of a doubt. Mm. Because you see the person that you're in love with falling for someone else in front of your eyes. Oh, that would be hard. It would be hard. Um, I don't know what else to sort of... Uh, I mean, this is me. I mean, ladies, do you have anything else you want to add on that? I mean, it's a bit about weddings, isn't it? So it's kind of going to be not the most re- well-rounded because most of the yeah. women we see all just get married i think, Fio- I think fiona's was, well-written and i yeah, think scarlet. i think lydia's great scarlet was great too i don't think lydia does much scarlet does well lydia's lydia's sex positive but in a way that you know yeah she's yeah. almost like a boy would you know hey i was promised i would have sex yeah yeah, yeah. And we don't judge her for it. Oh, no. God, no. No, and she seems to be very, very happy with her. And Bernard's, like, so much more confident after he gets married. Basically, yeah. once he has sex, he's like, I'm a man. And he's, like, <laughs> he's, he's, like, not awkward anymore. Yeah. Um, and the ratio of roles 
male to female isn't there's probably a few more men but not yeah massively. but i think it's because you got the, the it's because they're couples the, aren't they the gay couple yeah. and yeah. the brother yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but David's not and really that much more fleshed out than than Serena is. No, not really. No, so it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for favorite character, okay, Liam. I mean, George, you want to guess who's Liam's is? I think Liam's favorite character might be Scarlet. <laughs> Liam, do you want to guess who George's is? Uh, I think yours might be Scarlet. I'm gonna say it's Gareth. No, no. I'm saying Fiona. I'm changing. No, no. Matthew. <laughs> we're just, just naming all, all the characters, characters in the film now. Why don't we actually say what our favourites were? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. Why don't you let us do ours and then we'll reveal yours. So okay. we're doing what the movie does. We're sort of giving hints and then we're going to come back <laughs> with the payoff. Ellie, what was your favourite? My favourite's Fiona. Oh, is it? Yeah. Thomas. I like Fiona. Yeah. Kristen I Scott Thomas is a, is, is a great actress. It's a great actress. In an alternative, I might not be opposed to seeing... Uh, this is, my, this is who I seeing who, seeing uh, her in the in, in the lead, in opposite him instead. Mm. She wouldn't yeah. be American, but yeah, you, you've got mine figured out, dear. Um, I think yours is Gareth. Well, of course, it's Gareth. Yeah. I, think I, I think I said that when I was interviewing him. <laughs> yeah, I love Gareth. He's he's the, the, what you said last week, but the character who's most like yourself. I probably do see a fair bit of myself in Gareth. Yeah. I probably do. Yeah, uh, George, you want to reveal who yours is? Uh, yeah, mine is Gareth as well. Oh, is it okay? Oh. Almost yeah, went there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Matthew is a close is a close second. I do like. Matthew. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, John Hannah's great in this. No, I don't like any of the women in this. To be honest, we said John Hannah. Yeah. No. I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. That's just me. You like Kristen Scott Thomas? Not really. Oh, she's great. Okay. No. That's okay. Um, you, you like Lydia? No, I like Scarlett. You can't not. Like I Scarlet. find Scarlett likable, and I find Scarlett. She just throws herself at people. Yeah, yeah. Like throws herself. I feel like I've at met, everybody. I've known some people like that, and actually, it's it's very tiring yeah. to be their friend because they do just throw themselves at you a lot. But Serena's probably the one I, I'm the most similar to, and therefore kind of go. Actually, yeah, you're all right. Okay, so, uh, so, so has everybody yeah. guessed which was my favorite? Yeah, we did. We said Scarlett. <laughs> I think it's Fiona. Oh, Fiona, really? Well done. We literally done. said while we were watching. Well done. I love her. For Scarlett is my favourite. Every, every time no. Scarlett came up on the screen, I love her. You oh, she's it. so you great. Really she's my favourite. This is why I, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> but Fiona's the one, and that's the, the, the conversation she has with... Oh, uh, you, did, you did react to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, Fair enough. you know... Fair enough. So, so none of us are saying Carrie, just for the record. No. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. Best yeah. moment, best element of the film? Okay, my favourite. We're on a little bit long on time, so. Okay. Uh, the Gareth Matthew story. I think it's okay. beautiful. It is very good. Um, no, my, my favourite was the Fiona and Charles. Okay. When she declares his, her love to him. Ellie? Uh, for me, it's the funeral, so in particular, the poem. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's beautiful. So well delivered. From a macro perspective, the script as a whole is fantastic. Mm. Uh, from a micro perspective, uh, the funeral. Which is weird because it's yeah. going to be about the, the lavish weddings, mm. and it's not. It's the yeah. grounding of and, and the weight. It's a big loss. And you know what? The potency, isn't it? Back yeah. to what we've said you have to earn these moments. They make you feel something. They earned every moment of this. Yeah. Every yeah. moment of this. Um, and so, should we go with uh, a grumble? Yeah, I, I didn't like how they um, made you feel sorry for one person one minute, and then they want you to hate them the next just to make the movie yeah, move yeah, forward. Yeah. I didn't like that bit. In order to get to where the story needed to get yeah, to. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Georgia? Uh, because I have absolutely no like for Carrie at all, I don't care about the third act of the film. And so once Gareth dies and the funeral's over, I, I check out. Oh, I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, 
there's some maybe something's lost in the third act because of Gareth's removal. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Ellie. Um, I do agree with what George just said. Um, for me, it's something I mentioned earlier, the um, the sign language um, translation. It was the way that they were kind of correcting, word, like changing words with one letter difference, where in sign language, it's not. Oh, you, you mean. You don't spell out every single uh, word. I'm probably so when making, it's names, yeah. Yeah. yes. That would be but, mice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. not how sign language yeah. works. The word for mice works, in sign yeah. language looks completely different to the word for nice. Yeah. I don't know what either of them are. Yeah, the hard I don't. Part, yeah. I can't sign, but that's just ridiculous. Nah. And I found it quite disrespectful, even though the storyline, I think, is really quite touching, how she goes about learning it for him. I yeah. think that's really nice and inclusive. But and then they just ruin it. The bit where she's on her hand and she's spelling, that's okay. That's, that would yeah, make that's, sense. Yeah, that's what they do for yeah. names, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that is accurate. Um I'm going to go I with. Do the full I mean, mine are quite simple, and it's unfortunate because they're going to intersect. There's a Venn diagram here. I don't like the character of Carrie that much, and I don't think Andy McDowell is very good. You put oh. those together, <laughs> man, did I not like that. Oh. I feel Hugh Grant's got a bad back from carrying this part of the movie. Like he does. <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> but yeah, like. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful script. Um, I don't know if the Carrie stuff is. A, I mean, I, I wouldn't find her character likable because she does act in ways that make you go, "You're just, you're just being mean here." Yeah. Yep. But I think in the hands of a better actor, actress, Marisha Tomei, Mar- Marisha Tomei could have found a way to save she this. She would have done. She would have done. Oh, so yeah. God damn it. Um, age game. Age game. Let's all play the age game. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, that, that, that'll be harvested and take two <laughs> I never want to hurt my age what's my age again what's my age again and thanks Moonlight Social for a little age game yeah. Diddy Ellie what do we got today we will start with Andy McDowell alright rapid fire here I'm going to go 34 oh I was going to do that say two then she is 36 oh, oh. what did you say to her I said 28. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the age game. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Grant. Oh, 27. 30. 32. 34. Oh, I should have gone with that. Okay, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Mm. Kristen Scott Thomas. Oh, 42. 37. 34. She's 34. Oh, hey, yeah. okay. No matter who the character is, I don't That's care 34. if it's Gareth. Everything's 34. <laughs> <laughs> John Hannah. 34. <laughs> uh, 25. 31. 34. 32. Hey! <laughs> Back in. Uh, James Fleet, who is Tom. Oh, Tom. wow. Okay. Younger. 28. 34. 30. 42. Wow. Oh, man, which one's He's the guy who's like seventh richest guy in England. Oh, I got the wrong one. I don't care. No, no, no. <laughs> that. I, win that. I was thinking David. And Finally, Simon Callow. Simon Callow. Stop trying to work out how old he looked yesterday. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. <laughs> he was really young yesterday. He I'm going to go... So f- young. Not yesterday, sorry. I'm going to go 45. I'm going to go 50. 48. 45. Yeah. Oh, Get in. So there we go. So I think I won that one. Yeah. Hey, here we go. I'll I didn't that. do horrendous. You, no, you did all right. Too sleep. It's not very often Liam's the bad one. Oh, yeah, really bad. Yeah, well, I had one character in my head. I thought it was somebody else. All right, uh, Georgia, critic time. What do you got? Yes. Um, so mostly well regarded uh, by critics. It's only a few that kind of go, nope, don't like it. Um, so we have got uh, Destin Thomas from the Washington Post said uh, the players who include Simon Callow, Kristen Scott Thomas, Rowan Atkinson and Sophie Thompson exude comic brightness, um, comedic brightness, sorry, 
as they go about their gossipy farcical self-deprecating sorry about that old chap just being english business um then we also have uh jonathan rosenborn from the chicago reader who actually gets a negative it gets a, a rotten review from him he says a grocery store would sell this on its generic shelf the brittle upper class british cleverness is strictly standard issue <laughs> <laughs> which got me I mean, okay he just doesn't get the humor he all. doesn't no i, I must say this is a 96 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that doesn't like it like whenever somebody gets nominated for best original screenplay it's usually in the 90s yeah. on rotten tomatoes and then we have one from our good friend roger ebert Tibbs. Uh, who ends up getting three and a half out of four so uh that's pretty high praise yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 uh it says uh like kenneth branner's peter's friends this film is a community a community that eventually envelops us also like that film it's also it's about how a homosexual character becomes a focus for much as what best among the other characters who are mostly straight. The gay man in both films is the centre of good feelings and helps us create a sense of family. By the end of the movie, you find yourself reacting to the weddings and the funeral almost as if you do at events, real events involving people you didn't know very well but liked and wanted to know better. Um, and the little like little tagline that it gets on the um, on tomatoes is just delightful and sly from Roger Ebert. Excellent. Uh, oh, nice. I went ahead and threw up the poll, as I usually do. Four weddings and a funeral. A 40% said it was a good film. 33.3% said great film. So overwhelmingly, people seem to think it's all right. 16.7% said okay, and 10% said bad. Friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Said, oh, f- I'm so happy you're doing this. Typically, Richard Curtis. He takes a simple premise and makes it work on so many levels. Brilliantly funny, except the funeral. Brilliantly acted, except Andy McDowell. Yeah. I always <laughs> think duck face when I see Anna Chancellor. On the way to the forum, said, Forums and funerals are one of those movies where you have to have a concept of British humor. If not, it's not funny. It's a good movie. I enjoy it. I don't know. As a Canadian, you know, I grew up here to a degree. But, you know, we all thought it was really funny. So yeah. it went to number one in the States. There's something to yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, friend of the podcast, our resident postie, Russell Osborne. Hey, 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 hey Mr. Postman. Postman. Seen it once at the cinema. Thought that was enough for me. I thought it was okay. I was going to rewatch it, but to be honest, I can't see my opinion changing. Yeah. Uh, off Radar, it's a movie podcast. Personally, I feel this film is a great big British nostalgic thumbs up. Although it's a bit dated, it remains funny and a perfect hangover film. Nothing more, nothing less. And that's from James. Thanks a lot, James. Thank you. Uh, we've got SNRP 2010, who say, rewatched it many years ago. Can't remember much about it. Was going to rewatch it. Give you an opinion. Couldn't be bothered. I'm not a big Hugh Grant fan or Andy McDowell fan. I don't blame you for one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Paul and Griff show say it's been so long since I've seen it. All I can remember is all the f- at the beginning of the film and the wet, wet, wet. Not as good as Notting Hill. It's an okay film. I think he meant the band and not the shirts at the end of the film, but it could have been both. <laughs> and then finally, a couple more. Carlos said, never seen it. Big 90s blind spot for me. I know. <laughs> and then Bobby Wan Kenobi, who just thought it was a load of middle class I'm going to say nonsense. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to censor that bit there. So yeah, there we yeah. go. Uh, so it's just time for our ratings now, our ratings. So where are we going to go with four weddings and a funeral? Liam, you want to start us off? Yeah, I've, I enjoyed this movie the very first time I saw it. I enjoyed it second time, third, fourth, fifth time I've watched it. And even twice this week. So it's not much I can grumble about, but there are a few bits, obviously Andy McDowell. Yep. You know, in certain script parts, you know, which you know. Um, I'm going to give it a strong nine. Wow. I wow. love this movie. Wow. Okay. Uh, Georgia. Um, I think my grumble kind of sums it up. Like I 
really do check out after the when once the Gareth Matthews storyline kind of ends yep. because that's the one I'm engaged in um, because I don't have massive hots or anything for Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell just bores me. So I, I, That's why I was nominated for Best Original Screenplay because Hugh Grant was hot. I'm not that bothered by him. He's just you're like fine, there. Fine. I'm just having fun. Yeah, I, I know. It's all right. It's so, mine anyway. Yeah, you can have him. It's fine. Um, <laughs> um, Wait, so you get him and Vigo. Just check him. Oh, I'll take Hugh Grant any day of the okay. week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll take Vigo then. <laughs> I, I, didn't know there was, I didn't know there was a rota set up where you had to establish <laughs> Monday through Sunday. <laughs> Uh, long story short, I'm going to give it six and a half. Okay. Uh, Ellie. Um, so, yeah, much as I do really have the hots for Hugh Grant, um, this is definitely not his favourite movie of mine. But um, it's, I think it's quite good. But Andy McDowell really, really destroys this film for me. Um, I think yeah, she's man. absolutely terrible in it. And there's quite a lot of silliness to the movie that I think wouldn't make it, you know, like a perfect film for me if it was someone else. But I do think if it was a different lead actress, I'd probably like it a lot more than I do. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. I'm very wrong on people's guesses today. <laughs> Liam, I had you at an eight. Oh, I you love went this nine. Movie. I love this movie. I had George at six and she went six and a half. So that's not so bad. I had Ellie at a nine. <laughs> oh, God, no. Wow. All right, my go. <sighs> I'm, I'm sitting wrestling with it here. It's hard with you because you've got emotional connection to this movie. I love this film, independent of my mum and all yeah. that stuff. I, I love this movie, but before before that happened, and it, I, I, it's, it's an extra happy memory. Back in the day, I'd go, "Mum, you're ridiculous. What are you doing?" But um, I, I love this film. It's very well written. So the question is, how big of a deal is Andy McDowell in the grand scheme of things? And is the purpose of the movie because we don't see Andy McDowell's perspective, we only see Charles' perspective. My argument is that the rest of the cast are so strong. Yep. That outweighs her, hence why I gave mine a strong nine, because I really do love this movie. And yeah. She does let it down a lot. I am going to guess yours. Okay. I think you're going to go slightly below me and go eight and a half. I'm going to go exactly the same as you and say nine. Woo! I, had it, I had it at nine and a half and went, okay. I can't... <sighs> I can't smile because of Andy McDowell. <laughs> it's too much. Half, I wanted to do a nine and a half. I really did. And I went, I have so much wrong that I've said about Andy McDowell in this. Yeah. And she's supposed to be the one he chases. And, you know, I, I'm not sure I'm happy at the end when he ends up, with, ends up with her. Yeah, I'm not. Like, I know it's what he as a character wants. And I guess I'm happy the character I, I'm attached to gets what he wants. But I don't think Charles is making the best decisions in his own life. No. He's not making good life choices. So because of that, I'll go nine. But it makes me happy. It makes me laugh in all yeah, the right spots. Um, and so as a result, I'm sitting here with a nine. So we have gone very long today. So I'm going to wow. go ahead and set up next week. We've got some good news and some bad news Ooh. for a couple of things. Number one, Ellie is going to be away for three weeks. Oh, Ellie. That's yeah, the bad news. Yeah. That's not the good news. I was, I was just <laughs> Yeah, in reverse order. Yeah, so I've got some bad news and some good news as well for next week, for at least for Georgia. For the rest of us, it can be good news and good news. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing one that maybe should have taken place last month <laughs> on Hank's Ghost of the Memories. It is. It is. It is. It is. We are about to experience life through the lens of Forrest, Forrest Gump. Oh, Because cool. next week is the week he stops running. Yes. So we're going to celebrate that <laughs> with doing uh, Forrest Gump, which we should. It's one of those movies. It's the best picture winner. We should see it. I watched this three days ago. Did you? I did. Oh, well, then you can <laughs> either be on the hook again or not on the hook. It's up to you. How cool is, is this, that? This is a bad time to say I might be working next Sunday. <laughs> well, we have a guest with us next Sunday. Oh. Friend of the podcast and director of Northwood Pie. 
Jay Salahi is coming back on to join us and talk Forrest Gump and he couldn't be more excited about it I'm so sorry I'm going to miss Jay I really like him Jay is great and we couldn't be happier that he's coming back Uh, he made the offer he'd come back and I'll take you up on it so when I heard I was going to be away I went well here's a chance so we're trying to set some stuff up for people who are are, you know away as the case may be so uh, that will be that so I'm looking forward to seeing next week Forrest Forrest Gump just one last thing before we go hot film summer might be coming to an end but it's not fully over yet there's one more choice to make and that choice belongs to you out there in the fledgling fandom the way this is going to work is if you go ahead and pick a movie now it's got to fit it's got to meet one of our requirements our requirements are it's got to be at least 8.0 or above and above 8.0 or above on imdb or 85% and above on Rotten Tomatoes, then you can submit it as an option as long as you use the hashtag hot film summer. So that is the deal. If you do that, then we're going to put it on a one of those random luck wheel things that we can do online. And we're going to go ahead and spin it at the end of the next episode. So um, this is your chance. If you've got that movie that you want us to watch, go ahead and throw it on up there in the uh, in the chat. We're going to do a lucky dip and someone's going to have their uh, have their film chosen uh, on the odd chance that you pick something that we've kind of already got on the schedule for 2021. I might get a hold of you and go pick another film. Uh, I'll give you a reason, but I'll go pick another film. But if your film doesn't qualify, we're not going to put it on the list, and I won't message you. (laughs) So use your pick wisely. Remember, it's 8.0 or above on IMDb or 85% and above on Rotten Tomatoes. It does not have to do both. It just has to qualify for one of those. So that's really it. Um, So get your voice in. Hot Film Summer, we can find out as a big surprise what we're doing. So go ahead and put that in, and I'll return you to the end of your regularly scheduled BFE outside of that all the stuff we're doing this week please catch it uh please go ahead if you like this episode the best you can do is share it with someone else to be like way and john tell people about best film ever make our day just a little bit nicer uh we've got on thursday we've got shang chi and the shang chi and the legend of the ten rings on friday we've got cedar skip it on the suicide squad on saturday we got who do you think you are are you my mommy on sunday we got behind the nfl fantasy football draft we did before we lead into next tuesday where we do forest gump wow that's if, a lot of content. it's a lot of content so if you like what we do and all the content we are giving go ahead give a shout out we've got our merch link at the bottom see all those new shirts that ethan i assume at this point we'll probably have up go ahead and uh, we've got if you want to help us keep the lights on here at the studio of awesomeness if you want to buy us a pizza or a beer or just make a little bit you can use this little button there you can donate as little or as much as you would like we may have some formal things coming soon and some some gin to get me through forest grump <laughs> there we go so, you say forest grump she I did. did i meant to say i was coming for great but i, I left it it's, it's fine so please join us next week when we tackle it's not a short one no. we tackle the story of America in the late 20th century through the eyes of Forrest Gump. For best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. And I've been Georgia. And one more way that you can help support the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so we can read it and find out that we were adored once too. We'll Aww. catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop.
Uh, How did you put your name in the goblet of fire? 